So, uh, Megan, I guess we should ask you, uh, why did you want to do The Parent Trap as your movie? Well, that's a great question. I, When I was thinking about it, I was thinking, you know, what movies did I connect with the most as a, you know, as a kid growing up, sort of thinking back to what I watched the most. I would say The Parent Trap was probably, I've probably seen it the second most out of any movie I've seen. I think The Princess Diaries takes the cake, but mm. I think that The Parent Trap uh, is definitely second place. And I just think it's held up so well over the years and just sort of, um, thinking about a movie that appeals to a, a whole range of audiences, right? Like, I feel like it can, it was a kid's movie that I interpreted one way as a kid. And after that, you know, time had passed, I, I see it completely differently as an adult. I, I pick up on things I didn't pick up. So it's like, I always kind of find something new every time I watch it. Okay, cool, cool. All right, well, shall we begin the pod? Why not? Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco Sparks. Hi. Also joining us, winner of a contest, it's Megan. How you doing, Megan? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. We didn't mention that until now that uh, why you're here, but uh, this is Megan. <laughs> uh, we had a, a contest that you may have known if you listen to past episodes uh, about for our new book, Troubles Finds Me. Megan was one of the winners of the little contest we did, and this was her movie that she picked. We were even talking about The Parent Trap, the 1998 version of Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, so thank you for trying those books and taking the time and entering the contest and sharing your time with us and giving me a reason to finally sit down and watch all this movie. I know when you said that, I could, I was like, really? How did he make it this long without even accidentally watching this whole? Movie? I so last <laughs> last year I was dating somebody and we were going to do a thing where we were going to trade a movie, and I only got like ten minutes in and something distracted me and I never got back to it. So I was thrilled to have an excuse to to actually watch this this Lilo classic. A classic, indeed. <laughs> All right. Well, before we talk about The Parent Trap, we usually talk a little about a bit about, uh, you know, just what we're watching, listening to, reading, that sort of thing. So uh, what are you guys watching these days? Well, I am doing a first-time watch and a rewatch. I am watching Gilmore Girls for the first time because I've somehow made it to 31 years old and never seen it. <laughs> and I am re-watching Gossip Girl for the third time. <laughs> Interesting. I always get those two shows messed up. <laughs> that is not even funny. Um, <laughs> like those are like, like one of those exists in like a matter universe and the other's like in the antimatter universe. I feel like they're like almost like diametrically opposed. It's been it's been a, a an interesting experience watching them simultaneously, but I'm doing Gilmore Girls a little slower, um, just to not binge it all at once. Got um, Boss of Girls kind of background TV, you know. I can be doing something else and watch it, but it still just cracks me up every time. Hmm. So, have you picked a team yet for for the Gilmore Girls? So I'm. Let's see where I'm at. I'm like seven or eight episodes into season three, so I'm a hundred percent team Jess at the moment. At the moment, okay, cool. At okay. the moment. Yeah, out on Dean. Big out on Dean right now. Oh, Dean's a trash. Um, I I mean, I did a lot of watching the last like two days. I finished Queen's Gambit. I watched whatever, The Mandalorian. I watched a little bit of a show called Big Sky because I saw a review from Latoya Ferguson who had been on the Bros podcast with us and um, and that show is trash. And then I watched Holiday last night. So hmm. what did you think about Queen's Gambit? How was Holiday? Holiday was hmm. great. What was your question, James? Uh, what did you think of the Queen's Gambit? It was good. 
Just good. Okay. It was, it was enjoyable. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that show, I don't know that I'm ever going to think that that show was great, mm. but I will think that it was a good show that I enjoyed quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Um, any thoughts on The Mandalorian? That's also what I've been watching. It was also good, I guess. Um, I really missed uh, uh, Frog Mama. <laughs> so do you think, do you think Baby Yoda is going to be the ultimate villain of the show? No. Okay. No, I, even if he, he was planned on being the ultimate villain, I think Disney's not complete morons over there. They probably <laughs> realize that Baby Yoda's popular. He's already it, could, almost been canceled once. So I was like, you could argue that they're setting <laughs> up this little Anakin thing with him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've also been watching the His Dark Materials, the series on uh, BBC slash HBO. It's, uh, I don't know. I, I, I really wanted to like that show a lot more than I do because I love the books. Uh, I think the the best parts of the show are definitely when it hues closest to the books. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Watching Holiday, I finally get Emma Roberts. Like I, I never really watched those, those Ryan Murphy shows. Um, I don't think she was fleshed out in what I remember from Scream Four, but I finally get her. I get the appeal of Emma Roberts after this movie. Mm. Yeah, well, she just gave a really great interview somewhere. I forget oh, really? where was it. Variety, maybe, or one of or. Yeah, one of those. She gave a great interview. It was it was cool to hear about sort of how she's been typecast and you know always looked at as a, like a kid. And mm-hmm. she's like, I'm 30. So yeah, it was it was if you got time, it was a good interview. Okay, because this movie is like relatively recent, I think. I think I always get uh, Emma Roberts, Lily Collins, and Lily James mixed up. I know they're three different people. Oh. But they all seem the same to me. Well, one of them's in Paris, <laughs> being god off with their social media. <laughs> The other is in. So you could tell me that any of the three are the one that are Emily from Paris, and I believe well, you. they're all Phil Collins' daughter, and they're yeah. all Julia Roberts' niece. <laughs> um, like Lily Collins, I feel like is in. She's great in a lot of bad movies, like Rebecca, like uh, Yesterday. Um, oh, that, was she the girl in Yesterday? She's she is the, the love the, interest. They have with the like the constant like horned up eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, what are you guys listening to? Oh boy, that's a loaded question. I've been waiting <laughs> for this one. Is this folklore talk? Oh boy, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have basically just been listening to that constantly for the last several months. <laughs> I it's, just whatever I you can't help into myself. The season for it now. It's you know the, the falls uh, leaves are falling and whatnot. It's it's more the season for folklore. It seems like it is. It is indeed. During the day, trying to go to sleep, always, always, it's going to be embarrassing when, uh, whenever the streaming service is announced, oh, you've watched, listen to what, what have you listened to this year? You know, (laughs) I don't want to know how many times I hope they don't tell me. I'm going to try to hide myself from it. (laughs) You've breathed in folklore more than you've breathed in oxygen. I think that's a fair assessment. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, I really went back. I've been listening to it a lot more because I know you want to talk about this. This so this week I've been listening to it a lot more. I'm just kind of curious if everyone had to rank top five songs, how would that oh. work out? And you know what's interesting? I think that my my favorite songs have kind of changed. Like the more okay. I listen to it, but at the moment, well, my favorite song used to be Exile when I first heard it, like the first listen through. Okay, and then TikTok ruined it for me. So that's that's out. <laughs> um, but I think I'm currently at. Mad Woman, mm-hmm. Betty, 
my last, the last great American dynasty cardigan and hoax. I think wow. Okay. Okay, cool. James, what about you? Uh, I'll give you just multiple of the track list. I listen to cardigan or not cardigan, um, folklore pretty much every night on the lowest volume possible. It's what I tell Siri to play as I go to sleep. Um, but if I had to pick five out, so I would probably say the one exile mirror ball, Betty and peace. Hmm. So go, going from like least to, to first, for me, it's mirror ball seven, my tears ricochet, the one, and then invisible string. All mm. different, huh? Yeah. All different. I, I think that's wild. Yeah. I, I even wrote down, I started writing down like lyrics to stick with me. Cause I, I'll put it on like when I'm in my office and just like, I'll just pause. I mean, they're not like the greatest lyrics, but I'll just pause and I'll just be like, huh? Great turn of phrase, Taylor. Great turn of phrase. Yeah. And so it's like, like the lyrics I love are all like from other songs than those that I picked in my top five, which I find fascinating. All right. Well, let's see. Um, anything else you listen to Marco or we cover that? Um, in addition to listening to more folklore, uh, I've been back on the, the Phoebe Ridgers train again, always. Um, I really locked into this like weird YouTube treasure trove of like cover songs that she's either done as a solo artist or a boy genius. So that's been a gift that's been given to me by YouTube, along with a lot of alt-right activating videos. You know, she was in like an ASMR video I saw where it was like I, yeah. somebody was giving her a massage. So yeah, I had to watch it. I had to watch it in small increments. Oh, really? Okay. It's too powerful. Hmm. All right. Well, what are you guys reading? Oh, spoiler alert. I read uh, Trouble Always Finds Me. Um, but uh, prior to Trouble reading, um, the most recent book I finished is called Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Sil- of a Silicon Valley Startup. Mm. Um, it was written by an investigative journalist named John Carreyrou. I think that's how you say is it. Is that about um, Elizabeth Theranos? It, yeah, Elizabeth Theranos, indeed. Yes, <laughs> this is about her. Um, it's sort of his culmination of all of his investigative reporting that sort mm-hmm. of broader down um yeah it was really fascinating as a, a chemist myself to sort of read about mm. you know all the you know things that were going on behind the scenes of doctoring data and you know all the promises that she was making to people and then actually you know people coming in to get tests done and she would you know they'd sneak around and do them differently than they were say they were doing all the those little nuances was just wild wild mm. to read about yeah, I can just imagine as a chemist, you're just like, these. this is not possible, like her, the claims that she's making, because <laughs> they're like pretty outlandish, but everyone just wanted to believe it, seemingly. Yeah, and the length she went to hide it and, mm-hmm. you know, get investors and, and get their money. She, I think one of the most astounding things I read was that she was evaluated one year as the wealthiest female billionaire in America. I think the company was valued at like 9 billion or something. Mm -hmm. And the following year, Forbes was like, her net worth is zero. (laughs) Just complete scam artist. Yeah. Uh, Marco, what do you think? If only she would do the audio book for any book about her too. Um, I'm about to start Moonflower Murders by Anthony Horowitz, which is um, a sequel to a book he wrote uh, a couple of years ago, which I don't know why it needed a sequel, but whatever, I'm into it. James? Uh, I finished Gideon the Ninth, which I think I was still reading the last time we podcasted. It was um, interesting, weird. Uh, I had the sequel. I haven't started it yet. Uh, I read about three quarters of a book called It's Not Like It's a Secret by uh, Misa Sujiora. 
I think it's how you say your name. Um, I don't know if I'm going to finish it. It's kind of like a lighthearted, like, uh, I don't know, coming of age, like YA romance, but like where the story's going, it's like, I don't know. There's like the, the romance is getting derailed by like the couple cheating on each other or something. It's like, I don't know. It's just not like, not what you want in a romance. I feel like. Uh, let me just rewind to say, I also mm-hmm. watched two episodes of Dash and Lily today, which All I enjoyed. Right. Um, I don't know why you, what you said reminded me of that. Sorry. Mm, okay. All right. Well, let's get to the Parent Trap, the 1998 version. Uh, Megan, would you like to go first with an opening statement? Sure. Um, so I'll start by saying I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lindsay Lohan is incredible. I, if you think about it, I was sort of thinking of it afterwards, and everyone always talks about how she plays two roles, right? But I you actually see like she plays four roles, right? Cause she plays mm-hmm. Allie, Hallie and Annie and then plays Hallie playing Annie and Annie playing Hallie. So there's like the nuance in her performance is just, just so w- well done. Um, Natasha Richardson is a delight. Uh, I'm out on Dennis Quaid as of this rewatch <laughs> officially. This set me over the edge. I'm a, he's a Neanderthal. I I'm totally done with him. Um, the pacing is great for a movie that's two hours and a little bit longer than that, about two hours. It never feels that long, no matter how many times I've watched it. There's so many, you know, maybe four or five acts sort of structured in this movie and they move quickly enough to keep it, you know, the flow going, but it's not too fast that you feel like you're, they're glossing over things or it's not connecting well. Um Something I actually picked up this rewatch was that the music and score of this movie is really great. Like in some of the scenes where, you know, when they have the cabin scene with the prank and the Marvis fly through and the the feathers fly all over them and they play like Christmas music. It's just, it's so funny. The timing is great. Um, And the characters are so believable and you feel like you're pulling for them despite the fact that like the parents are not introduced till you don't get to actually see them till about 30 or 40 minutes into the movie, but the way that they sort of set everything up and even with the opening montage and sort of connecting it back later, you feel like you're, you're there for them. So that, yeah, that's hmm. my thoughts. All right. Excellent. Mark. Um, yeah, I, I totally missed this movie when it came out in 1998, which is weird. Cause like the only movie I can remember seeing in the theaters that year was the wedding singer. <laughs> I don't know what else I watched, but um, I think being in high school, this is probably like not on my radar. Like so I, I started to watch it last year. I, I didn't finish it. Um, I'm really glad that I watched it. I thought this movie was delightful. Um, like you, like you said, Megan, the the bit with her, the two girls playing each other is like is always the best parts of Orphan Black, even. Um, but I think this was a good movie to watch this year. I needed something sweet, and this movie felt that. Um, I can't wait to tear into fucking rich people and their ideas of splitting the twins in an almost like biblical fashion. Um, It's shocking to me that I didn't think that James had seen this, like at least when trouble was being conceived. Cause I mean, I know we had made a joke once about like a chapter or an episode that show being called the parent trap, which seemed too on the nose. Um, But yeah, I, I also, I, I I have a lot of like broken thoughts. Uh, There were times when I would watch the twin thing and it felt like, are they in love with each other? Like at one point, Hallie is totally checking out Meredith, which was weird. Um, I like Hallie a lot. I think she and Tie-Dye are totally in a relationship. 
Um, I love the secondary characters in this movie. I love Chessie and I love uh, that big leather daddy, Martin. I want their Disney Plus TV show. Um, real-time follow-up, one of our listeners, John, just tweeted to me to ask me to shut down James on a, on a pro-Meredith rant. I don't think you're going to get that from me because I think she's kind of great in a way. I love her as a villain, but I think she's great. Um, and like you said, Megan, I think the biggest flaw is like people like fighting this hard for uh dennis quaid that makes no sense to me um but yeah this movie's great it, like technically it works great the same shit they were doing in the social network as far as like the winklevoss moments um i don't know i'm rambling i really enjoyed this movie james all right well yeah this is not actually the first time that i've podcasted about this movie uh, back uh while i was in the middle of writing the first troll book i guess it on the two of a kind podcast to talk about the parent trap with friends of the pod Kate, uh, crystal and stacy um, I don't think that pod is up anymore and I don't remember what my takes are on, were on it because I think I was pretty drunk. So hopefully everything will seem fresh here. Um, I think it's also worth noting coming into this, um, I had never seen this movie previous to that podcast, but I had seen the original, uh, the parent trap, the Haley Mills version on the Disney mm. channel as a kid. Uh, my two older sisters, probably like 20 times at least like I'd seen that movie so much. So the, the Haley Mills version is definitely embedded in my memory of like what, a parent trap movie is uh, all that being said i think this movie's a lot of fun maybe at least for me a little bit too broad sometimes um but it's a, a version of story that i think it seems much more kind of emotionally invested in the characters than the original i think they they land a lot of stuff harder whereas the original is just more of a comedy from from what i recall uh, i think this movie really works best when it's kind of mining that heartache and joy at discovering a long lost sister or long lost daughter on kind of how that split would affect the family. Lindsay Lohan is pretty astonishing playing the two sisters. You never really see them as a single actor. She's that good at kind of seamlessly adopting the different accents and mannerisms. And I think Nancy Myers, the director, she includes just enough trick shots to uh, convince you that these are two different people without it ever feeling like too gimmicky. Uh, I do have some thoughts about Meredith Blake that we'll get to later. But uh, for now, I think it's it's hard not to see why this movie is such a touchstone for millennials who grew up with it. End of statement. So we've all seen the original Parent Trap. Has anyone seen the second one? You mean the Parent Trap 2? Yeah. I think I saw it on network TV whenever it was released, but I don't remember a whole lot about it. Okay. Because I, I know it was always like advertised as being on TV. And I was always just kind of curious. What are they doing? <laughs> I think that was like... Uh, like a made for TV thing, right? Like it's like wide world of Disney or something like that. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a Disney, you know, Friday night thing or what, but uh, yeah, I mean like what you said, Megan too, about the pacing, I think you're dead on because I was shocked at how many people find out the secret and when like once Dennis Quaid finds out, like, there's still a half an hour left in the movie and that blew my mind. I don't know why. Yeah, no, I, I think that the, it, it, you get you get nervous that they're going to linger it on too long or mm -hmm. go too premature. But yeah, the whole thing, just the pacing just works. I, I guess as a kid, I feel like I was so 98, right? So I was like nine years old when this came out. I don't think I was like paying attention to that. I was just like enamored with Lindsay Lohan and was like, she's like the coolest kid in the world, you know? And, mm -hmm. but now as an adult, I watched it. And I was like, wow, that like, that went so quickly for a two hour movie. Nowadays, I feel like I watch a two hour movie and I'm like, oh God, is this going to ever end? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right well i think it's time for our top moments um i have eight i'm not sure how many you guys have i have six i had okay. 10 and i cut it down a little <laughs> bit 
I could go to 13. Oh, God. Oh, that's just excessive. I started collecting them and I was like, oh, shit, this is way too many. I did the same thing. All right. Well, Marco, I guess you're going first. Okay. <laughs> um, so number 13, I just thought this one, I wasn't on my list before. It's just the, uh, the giving the haircut. And uh, when Annie says, well, don't shut your eyes too. I love that. Um, 12, the real med exchange uh, for Lilo when uh, after both girls meet Dennis Quaid for the first time and Annie says, I'm quite grown up now. I'm quite without a father. And Hallie's like, and I'm going to my crazy mixed up teenage years and I'll be the only girl I know without a mother to fight with. Uh, 11 was um, when Hallie meets Meredith for the first time at the hotel. Meredith's like, have you seen your father? And Hallie's like, you talking to me? And she's like, what are you, Robert De Niro? Yes, I'm talking to you. I found that hilarious. I shouldn't have. Uh, 10, all the pranks they pull on Meredith while camping. And nine, um, when Hallie is clearly checking out, checking out Meredith at the elevator, even though she's going to destroy her. All right. right? Am I crazy? Like, she's clearly making eyes at this woman. She is looking her up and down and drinking her in. I mean, I don't know if it was like in a sexual way, but I don't know. She's like, wow, you're really pretty afterwards. I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, my number eight is at the end when the uh, the newspaper lowers, and it's not Grandpa, it's Hallie, because they took to Concord to get there early. Hmm. Uh, my number eight is just the poker game. Uh, it's just the image of Hallie strutting in, wearing sunglasses, and waving around a soccer quarter so I bad to the bone plays. <laughs> uh, my number seven would be uh, when Hallie gets busted by her grandpa and then has to reveal herself to her mom. Uh, Hallie has Annie, of course. Hmm. Uh, my number seven is when Hallie is, is coming back to the cabin at one point with her friends and like her girlfriend Tie-Dye is giving her a piggyback ride. And Hallie just wants to get back to the cabin and take a nap. And the way Tie-Dye looks ahead and says, I don't think that's going to be possible, babe. Because all the furniture's up on the ceiling or on the roof. That cracked me up. Megan, what is your six? Uh, my six is the scene with Meredith and... Annie as Hallie on the swing set where they're talking about, you know, the, the four one, one, right. Like, let's mm-hmm. talk about this, you know, this dynamic. I mean, I, we have, I have other Meredith takes. We'll, we'll get to the Meredith takes, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. My number six is uh, when Elizabeth insists that Meredith go on the trip. Uh, it's, it's so sneaky. She knows exactly yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. Um. My six is when Hallie's finally gotten to England. Um, you know, she's met grandfather. So she's going up the stairs to hug her mom. And as Annie, she's like, oh, I just missed you so much. And mom's like, I know. It feels like been, it's been forever. And Hallie's just like, you have no idea. I got a little, got a little emotional. You're just there, guys. going for all the cornball moments, huh? Yep. I'm a huge mm-hmm. piece of cheese. <laughs> uh, Hallie, what's your number five? Or how about Megan? Or Megan. <laughs> I'm going to have trouble with these names already. I know that. I, I had trouble even making notes about them. I know, Megan, you almost said Allie at one point. <laughs> I did, yeah. Just a combination of both of them. Uh, my number five is the good old elevator scene where Nick and uh, Liz see each other for the first time. And he like falls over and he just keeps staring and staring and staring until the elevator door closes. Yeah. This Meredith's all over him. Yeah. Uh, my number five is uh, after the, the two sisters learn about each other, they're kind of teaching each other about themselves for the switch, you know, all their, their little idiosyncrasies and 
whatnot, and then the, the hair cutting and the ear piercing, kind of all that together. It's a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, my number five is when Chessie realizes that it's Annie in front of her. Um, it's a good scene, but apparently it took 73 takes in several days wow. of film. Yeah. 73. Yeah. Takes. Yeah. Was that in like the trivia or something? I got some trivia. Okay. Did it, did it say why it took that long? No, no. Apparently, it, they, no, no reason why. No, I saw it in a couple different places. No context. It just took several days and 73 takes. <laughs> all right. And it's all, and it's all that actress too. Like it's, it's very little of like the switch or the twin or the earpiece or any of that mm-hmm. stuff. It's, What's your, what's your four, Megan? Uh, so my number four is when it's sort of part of the uh, Hallie revealing herself to her mother situation. It's the beginning of the shot where she opens up the doors to her mother's bedroom and you just sort of see this glamorous woman, right? Like you see her sketching and talking in French and she's got this painting behind her and the, the, you know the, it's she's lit sort of like angelically and she's just staring at her mother like, God, my mom is the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I would argue Natasha Richardson kind of almost has like uh, like Grace Kelly vibes in this movie, like a little bit. To me, she felt very much like a Nancy Myers stand-in. Yeah, she felt yeah. like the ultimate Nancy Myers uh, lead in a romantic comedy, like a Meg Ryan kind of. Yeah, but like I don't know, just slightly older, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot, a lot of Nancy Myers movies tend to be a little bit more adult. Um, mm. But yeah, my number four is. After Nick has revealed to Annie, who's being Hallie, that uh, him and, and Meredith is going to join the family. And Annie says, I've always wanted a big sister. Yeah. <laughs> it's just such a burn. Uh, yeah. I don't know. The look on his face. Big oof. Uh, somewhat related. My number four is when Annie as Hallie meets Meredith for the first time. And Meredith gets this almost like femme fatale intro like slow face reveal under her big hat brim some sultry sacks and annie's asking about her age and meredith says well she's 26 and i love that she's just like wow only 15 years older than me how old are you again dad and he's just like uh shut it down shut shut that right down yeah and then it leads right into wow you're suddenly so interested in math (laughs) yeah and it leads right into the later on that i always wanted a big sister Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, Megan, what's your three? So my three is the opening montage. And I think I that this actually made its way up my list quite a bit, this rewatch. Um, just because as you see sort of the their love story beginning to unfold and you don't see their faces till the very end when you see the picture being taken, it just pays off so nicely later on when they do the reveal and they figure out that their parents are each other's parents. It just, it, it hit different this time. Mm. I do like the way I was kind of curious where that was going. And I, and I think it works out really well with the, with the picture coming together. What's your three, James? Uh, when Chessie is just very being very suspicious and Annie kind of outs herself, that's probably like the most, I don't know, emotional of the reveals there. I think hmm. um, it's, I think it's the first one that happens too. So it's kind of 73 takes. Yeah. I'm kind of curious if we're all going to have the same number one. But uh, my number three is the twins fencing and finding out about each other, uh, which is obviously clearly inspiration for all the fencing sequences and die another day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the, they see each other for the first time. And I love how long these two girls go on after that, not assuming that they might be related. 
All right, where are we at? Uh, number two, Megan? Uh, the aforementioned poker scene is my number two. <laughs> I always, I just distinctly remember that blue nail polish that Hallie wears in that scene, always wanting that nail polish. And I believe actually getting that nail <laughs> polish at some point in my nine to 10 year old life. Nice. Um, and the the cruelty of taking all of her clothes when Annie jumps in the lake and leaving just the shoes. That was uncalled for. <laughs> Cruel. Cruel and unusual. Mm-hmm. As a reminder that little kids are messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. My number two is uh, when they finally figure out that they are sisters. That's another pretty good moment um, of them kind of like, wait a second. You've never met your dad and I never met my mom and you know all the yada yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is um, after they made the plans to switch, like the montage of educating the other on their home lives, like believably pass while while the Love and Spoonful plays, which is like one of those songs that, you know, I was a little bit older than the demographic of this movie, but I remember that song playing a lot in my childhood. Um, but uh, Hallie, like like learning the special shake, spoiler for my number one, with Martin, and then just the, the payoff. I would have loved to have 10 min- more minutes of them learning how to pass as each other. I would have loved that. But also just the, and the, this is our grandfather. Oh, he's cute. What do we call him? Grandfather. <laughs> All right. What's your number one, Megan? Come on. Don't let me down. I know it's going to be my favorite moment, right? I don't, based on what you said, I don't think so. Cause I think that okay. one was number seven that I cut off my list. But okay. uh, my number one is Elizabeth in the closet, trying to get ready to go <laughs> see Nick Parker for the first time in 11 years. And she's, She's got the cigarette going. She's got the rollers in her hair. She's ranting at Martin. And, you know, she finally breaks down and says, will you come with me on this trip? It just, it gets me. I just laugh so hard every single time because she is just this model of perfection, right? Like everything you see her before then is she's so put together. She's so beautiful. She's, she's got it all. And then she's like, oh, I have to confront this never resolved marriage from 10 years ago mm-hmm. oh shit and then just like loses it mm-hmm. also disney disney mom smoking a cigarette yeah edgy there's deal. actually when i was watching on disney plus there was a warning it said <laughs> yeah. displays yeah. tobacco or something like, aggressive oh. tobacco use it says yes. Interesting. which i would not call as aggressive but <laughs> well, what's your number one james uh, well, it's probably not going to be your number one, Marco. It's when Jesus. Meredith wakes up in the lake uh, oh. and then falls in the water. Like Nick has a really funny delivery. He goes, oh, man, like the way he delivers, it's like really <laughs> funny. And then when she kind of like, you know, falls in the water and gets over there and she's kind of drenched and her eyeshadows running and everything. And she's kind of like fully unleashed as like the, the true Meredith. I think that's when she finally unlocks, uh, you know, the person that she's supposed to be. She becomes Emma Frost, the ice queen. Mm-hmm. You're like, uh. I'm 100% on the girl's side. Don't get me wrong. They could have killed this woman. Also, why is she standing up on that thing? <laughs> She's like asking to fall into the water at that point, I think. Um, my number one, of course, is is the goodbye at Camp Alden between Annie and Martin and the missing you already, queen of my heart. And then they do the most ridiculous slapping skin and choreographed dance. Um, it's I don't know how I missed this when I tried to watch this like uh, last year, but like I was like, oh, this is so fucking charming. Uh, apparently, these two came up with this whole thing on their own, um, Lilo and this guy. And I don't know why every single video on TikTok isn't just people doing this. All right. Well, let's move into our general discussion here. I'm sure we have lots of thoughts on this movie. I did not realize that this movie was a uh, Nancy Myers movie. This is her first movie that she directed. 
Hmm. It's definitely a good prototype for, for later movies. Uh, can we talk about well-known actors who didn't get this role? Um, you mean the the Annie and Hallie roles? Yeah. The one that surprised me was Scarlett Johansson, which that would have been weird. Yeah. Tell me if you've heard of these people before. Scar Joe, Michelle Trachtenberg, Jenna Malone, Misha Barton, Tina Majorino, and Mara Wilson. Damn. Yeah. Holy crap. <laughs> According Though, to INDB, which who knows how accurate it is, it said that Jenna Malone turned the movie down like several times. Yeah. I'm surprised like Curly Sue wasn't in, in the running too. <laughs> um, yeah, I was surprised re-watching this the other night, like how much cruise ship porn this movie starts off with. Um, real 2020, like, man, those people all have COVID now. Oh, God. <laughs> I think according to the um, the documentation, Nick should be 34 or 35 during most of the movie. Mm. Does Dennis Quaid seem like he's 35 in this movie? No. <laughs> how old do you think he is? Even when he shot like, this movie or like in general? The character. How old do you think the character is? I just told you. I mean, how, how old does he seem like he should be to you? I mean, he, he seems like he's in his mid-40s in the movie. Okay. Yeah, I got the same. Okay. Yeah, I. I don't know. Should we should we have the Nick discussion now? Yeah, we should. Because I don't get it, man. I really don't get it. He is. He's a, he's a Neanderthal. That's what he. He's just. I yeah. There's so many times where he, where he, you're like, hello, wake up. It was and it was it just for some reason it. It stuck out to me this time too. I, I think as a kid, I watched it being like, oh, he's so handsome, right? And then like you get a little older and you're like, oh my God, he's a total idiot. Mm-hmm. I think he's an aloof himbo. I think yeah. in the past, like I probably like remembered him most from like Inner Space, yeah. which like he's a pretty cool dude in that movie. Um, but I don't know, like, do you remember those trailers? I can't even remember the movie. Is some movie where like he like sells his house to a young couple but then he like keeps harassing them it came out like last year or the year before oh it's like a it's like an interracial like couple intruder or something yeah yeah something like that um yeah it, he has this really creepy old man smile in the trailer for that and like ever since then like i didn't have like the highest of opinion of him before that but because he cheated on meg ryan but like i just i can't picture him as anything other than like a creepy old man now so I don't want to relitigate their marriage because mm-hmm. I never understood that. Because I mean, she—they didn't just get together. He wasn't just lucky enough to be Mister McRyan. She got him off heroin. No, but I assume that, she, that he did something to lead her into the arms of Russell Crowe. Yeah. And I don't want to like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he cheated on her. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like litigate their marriage or mm-hmm. talk about any of that morality stuff. But like, I, you know, I feel like Russell Crowe is obviously a mistake that everybody makes in their life. But I feel like Dennis Quaid pushed her. And he's always creeped me out since then. Like, especially, I think, for me, it was unlocked in traffic when he's like the super sleazy lawyer. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah, I've just always found him so creepy since then. But he is, uh, some of the casting I saw, um, Kurt Russell stood out to me as like maybe the, the better choice. I would buy Kurt Russell more in the character that he's playing. Because I think he can be more of a doofus without you disliking him. I, but like, like Megan said, I feel like he's just willfully ignoring certain things and competitions he's creating. Um, and also the cowboy hat. Once he puts the cowboy hat on, I was like, oh, fuck this guy. 
I mean, he's like supposed to be like a viticulturist. Like he's supposed to like not just be a rich vineyard guy. Like he's got some kind of scientific background, theoretically. Anyway. So cruise ship, then 11 years and nine months later, um, just reminding you that these two boned. Um, though we never get a whole lot about like what the hell was their marriage like for at least nine months? Well, like how, the, how old were the girls when they split? Yeah. yeah. Where were they all? I mean, she she left and got on a plane, but like from where? I kept thinking. Or did she leave before she'd even had the kids? Ooh. And then they, well, then did she yeah. FedEx him one of the babies? Yeah. Back? <laughs> yeah, that was one of the first things that crossed my mind was how did they choose who got which kid? Right, but I mean, this is a this is like a a monstrous plan. I feel like too, I mean, it's, it's completely nuts, but like you need it for the movie. But yeah, in real life, it's like who would ever do this? I mean, it, like it, every time I love like Natasha Richardson, I'm just like, but also she was like, I love this kid and fuck that kid. <laughs> it's a thing that only one. rich people could get away with, right? Yes, that like yes. that you're not giving the other one to a disadvantaged life. They're both living a life of privilege. So it's yeah, it, only know. only rich people eat the rich. That's D- all I during say. during the movie, like when they're kind of like trying to figure out how they're going to work this going forward. And it's like, Oh, she can't just live there for half a year. And like, part of me is like halfway into like, well, I guess it does, does kind of make sense that you just split them up, but then wait, no, that's completely insane. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and also when, when they're leaving at one point in this movie and it's like, you'll get the one at Christmas and I'll get the other one at Easter, which who gives a shit about Easter. But like, I was like, you're just cool. Like now, you know, these people exist and you're like, yeah, see you one time a year. We're fine. I just, it just seems so bananas. Although I, it made me have respect for Alex Drake because honestly, <laughs> Spencer Hastings got both the Hallie and the Annie side of it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, but Alex got the accent. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and Annie's accent is pure Malfoy. Yeah, it's, it's very, I don't know, like upper like, crust London. You almost feel bad for her being so British and not having a dad because... She can't even say what to my father hears of this. I don't know. Is this movie better if uh, Annie has like the, the Cockney like, Essex accent? <laughs> oh, and the boning now. Oh, and come on, now. Annie. <laughs> that's Bravo. me. Trouble. That's yeah. me, mum. Yeah. <laughs> He's not family, though, is he? Uh, it'd be Martin who gets turned into a diamond, though, I think. Martin. Definitely. I, I think I'm going to be uh, on the outs with you guys when it comes to Martin. Oh, Martin's wonderful. <laughs> oh, God. The slander. I Martin know. is fucking wonderful. I, I mean, I will give Meredith credit where credit is due. Either she is a misunderstood person or she's a villain that I love for her to villain. But like Martin is pure. Um, yeah. So Camp Walden. Um, was anyone a camp person in this group? Definitely not. I got shipped off to like a week long like church camp a couple times as a kid. Oof. Man, it sucked. Uh the only thing I could say positive for it is that it had an archery range. So like for a couple hours during the week I could go shoot bow and arrow. But um yeah, the idea of just getting shipped off to camp for like two months is pretty wild to me. Especially I guess I, I could see the appeal as an adult. You're like, yeah, man, take a break. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's an East Coast thing. I'm I'm wondering why they both sent their kids to the same camp. Well, like they don't have camps in England. Mm-hmm. 
like for like fox hunting or something yeah seriously were you hunt like a, a poor person it, yeah it, it would only make sense if like i don't know they had both went to this camp as kids or they had some shared experience talking about this camp or something yeah it's like why would you both send your kids to some random camp in like maine i also had my mind blown at the number of times we see cell phones in this movie i was like really like going back and like checking checking the math on the years and stuff and being like wow i don't know why it's i was like were people using cell phones like this casually i didn't think so but i don't know these are no pagers yeah this is just past the pager era uh, but yeah, this is like, seems like this is the only camp in all the world where you could go. Um, it's uh, it's Lindsay Lohan's brother, who's the boy who says, I thought this was supposed to be a boy's camp. Hilarious. The one boy at the girl's camp, which, you know, a couple years older kid, you're going to love that. My question about the camp is, where are all the adults? There's that many kids and just two adults. <laughs> like. That, that, that there's no way people in good faith are sending their kids there with two adults for those there's what maybe five six seven bunk times how many maybe there's seven or eight and eight. yeah there's gotta be at least 100 kids there and yeah. two adults i don't but yeah that was i was like they all God. have their own cabins it's the awful camp i went to that it was like a barracks basically there's just like you know 20 bunk beds on lining each wall mm. and you took pills and watched chess games happen on the ceiling mm-hmm um yeah so Lindsay shows up lilo number one she can't get her duffel are, are bag. we really doing lilo i'm personally opposed to it we can do we can skip it uh she like self she's the kind of girl because it's a kid's movie where she self-narrates her entire life for a while there uh and then tie-dye shows up i don't know if this character has a real name gets that duffel bag out effortlessly and the first thing like uh uh hallie says now that's my kind of woman and i was like i instantly ship these two I guess she's taller than the other ones. I don't know. They both seem tiny, like tiny little kids to me. But hmm. Oh, she's got a great line when she says, you know, what What are you talking about what her family does? And she said, we own a vineyard. A what yard? <laughs> Such a great line. Yeah. Well, Hallie's from Trouble Country. Yep. I kind of was feeling bad because like she has these two friends and she's just straight up like, you two are going to be my Lucy and Ethel or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. Are we ever going to see these characters again? <laughs> because once Annie shows up, it's like, and they're off in the fucking isolation cabin, which sounds, seems insane. Seems more insane to me than the lack of like adult supervision. Yeah, there's no way that's legal. I kind of yeah. like the idea of the isolation cabin. Like, I don't know, it seems pretty chill there. And then, uh, oh my God, there's Chandler's, Chandler Bing's ex, Janice, working at this camp. Um, oh, is it really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Marva Marva Jr. Her name's actually Marva Jr. <laughs> <laughs> um I love that both girls are just like dying to play poker. Well, I think it's that thing of like we love to watch kids play adults. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like she's she's seemingly 11, 12 years old, but she's far more mature beyond that and I think it just adds to the, you know, the the maturity of her, you know, that she's she's they're like they're dying to play poker it's just it's hilarious mm-hmm. as as a poker player i found the uh the royal flush beating a straight flush and five card draw pretty pretty egregious but i'll let it slide okay it's kind of in weird. your honor a royal flush <laughs> <laughs> um so so annie and martin show up and at first i was just like uh, okay martin is the sensible one because he's just like bloody hell we traveled all the way from london for this <laughs> 
Um, but then he starts asking her about all the things. Did, did you bring this? Did you bring this? Did you bring that? And I thought, you know what I love to do is I wait to love until my plane has landed to ask myself, did I pack my charger? Like you're already here, man. You flew from London. Now you're just like, do you have your toothbrush? Questions that could have come up a thousand times earlier if this wasn't a movie. Um, like how they, he, at first I thought that he had like driven the limo there, but no, they flew. So they just like got a limo just to show off as they arrived at this camp. So why doesn't he come all the way back to meet her and then make the flight back to like Heathrow together? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess they didn't want her to fly alone. Just just fly home alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, it must be nice for butlers because I guess they outrank limo driver. Like the butler gets to ride in the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is... Uh, IMDb trivia is usually dumb, but I did find this one interesting. This is the first of four movies in which uh, Lindsay plays a twin and or does some swapping with the Freaky Fridays, the Just yeah. My Luck, and the I Know Who Killed yeah. Me, <laughs> where she plays sisters, and one of them is like a stripper amputee, I think. One of them's dead or something, yeah. Yeah. I like the bit where the older Marva like, happens to come stand right between them as they're about to run into each other at the <laughs> dining hall. And then like... They both say they're allergic to strawberries. And she's like, huh? What's going on? You just said that. <laughs> Why are you repeating yourself? Uh, the dining hall and the little kid chaos is funny. One of the one of the kids is reading a bop magazine with like the least interesting of the home improvement hunks on it. Who's that? Oh, never forget R.I.P. Bop. Is Bop a real magazine? Was it called Bop? I thought. It's, that's what it says. Yeah, it's Bop. I'm trying to remember if that was what it was called. IRL. Hmm. Um, yeah, some more more massive cell phones. Um, the one kid's got so like a big cordless phone that he's talking on. Yeah. So Holly's thing is like she's going to be hair up. And he's thinking she's hair down. Um, oh, yeah. But Marva Sr. Like, is going hog wild on the strawberries. Oh, fresh strawberries, you know. I, I guess. But yeah, it makes sense that Annie would be good at fencing. I'm not sure quite how Hallie got that good at fencing but this is very much reminded me of die another day as you said yeah well also just the fact that hallie's like just come back from a few rounds of tennis and now she's just like yeah i'll tear some ass up at fencing let's do it <laughs> like jumping off of trees and over hay bales and stuff <laughs> i mean like i would have made this even more bananas like them like accidentally chopping down trees and like <laughs> running over logs and stuff <laughs> um i mean i kept waiting for it to can i tell you a secret I'm not left-handed either. And this swaps <laughs> rapier. I'm surprised they didn't do the bit where it's like the slash and then like, you know, pause and like the top of the candle falls over that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, gets pushed into a water trough, which That's I don't know, it's funny gross. in this movie. Yeah. But I mean, like later I'm like, that could lead to a weird infection. And then she That's has to pull hard. her sister in there. That's going to be hard to explain to a parent. Um, yeah, so they freak out when they, they demask and see each other and like touch hands. Um, Nobody says the obvious, like, are you guys related? Yeah. Right. How did nobody notice to that point? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, this doesn't seem, I mean, it seems like it's a decent sized camp, but it, does, it, it seems like you would probably have at least walked by everyone there mm-hmm. and been like, hmm, this seems weird that there's two people that look alike. Maybe if it's well, maybe- just like the second day, <laughs> I could maybe see it. Yeah. Just like weird deja vu where you're like, oh, didn't I just see that girl like 
walking past or whatever. I like the how he immediately tears into Annie's looks, including her very British teeth. Um, well, that part was interesting too, because she's really sort of insulting herself, right? Yeah, she, yeah. She's like looking in a mirror and she's like, oh, maybe I've been insecure about these things and now I get to like lay it out to somebody, you know? Yeah, I think I think there's maybe an element of self-loathing to Hallie, a small one, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the fact that her first, re, like her instinct is to insult her because mm-hmm. they look alike. It's not like, oh, geez, I'm like, we look alike. The, the, the thought of the insult mm-hmm. sort of put up as a, a defense mechanism. I think it's really interesting as the movie goes on to get into Hallie's sort of her her personality and things like that. What would you both think if you ran into like your twin? I think I'd have to murder them immediately. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's kind of trippy to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I would definitely unleash my self-loathing, but I'd also be thinking, how can I make money off of this? <laughs> um, yeah, so Annie's in one of the cabins, like cleaning the other girls out at poker, like $1 bills and chapsticks, chapstick, and then uh, Hallie walks in, is ready to clean the house. Or as Martin had told Annie earlier, Whoop that ass in poker. It seems like it's been a while. Like, I can't totally remember, but I feel like the antagonism made a little more sense in the original Parent Trap than it did in this. Like, they're just, like, pretty mean to each other right off the bat. I guess it's just, I don't know, you you see your your identical twin and you don't know how to react to them. I don't remember the pranks being so incredible in the original. I know the, the, the thing where they go mess up the cabin definitely happens. Okay, and I think I think they actually maybe cut one of their hair. I think that happens. It's been a long okay. time, but I think somebody gets their hair cut. I mean, I don't know that I would even be upset with you if you somehow got all of my bedroom furniture up on my ceiling. <laughs> yeah, how are these yeah. little girls doing that? I'd be so impressed with the UK flag on top of the bunk too, okay. just icing on the cake. <laughs> I also wrote down like, are they geniuses too to like plan this elaborate? intensive extensive prank like the the thought of as she walks through the door she's going to slide across the door and then oh, i'll hang a doll here so that mm-hmm. when she gets up she's going to look to grab something and yank down this doll it's incredibly elaborate for children yeah. that age little yeah. geniuses the honey and the chocolate syrup uh, yeah everything is it's real gross i mean it almost makes the camping shenanigans seem like like nothing you know what i mean like like, I mean, they might as well just like had like a giant boulder on the top of a hill. When, when Meredith steps on this thing, a boulder crushes her and a, and a beehive drops on her, whatever. She falls into a tiger trap. Um, but yeah, then the, the, I don't know. I mean, was there ever, was like public nudity ever on the table in, in True for Dare games, even with you as a kid or, or competitions? And I feel like that was always like an automatic veto. It's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I mean, the fact that this movie includes the line, start unzipping, Parker, was mind-blowing to me. (laughs) Well, I think they get away with it a little bit because it is an all-girls camp. And so it's not like, it's the fear of of being nude as opposed to being, the fear of being nude in front of a guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it it, a little bit more palatable that way. When they're all the same age, so you don't have to think about like this child-adult dichotomy. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I like that... uh, uh, the kids steal her clothes, leave behind on her shoes. And Annie, Annie's into it, though. She's just like, let the games begin. I like uh, when the, the Marvas show up and Allie has to try to, to block them from getting in. And then when they do get in, they somehow they just like shoot right across the floor, like sliding on 
I don't know, honey or chocolate syrup or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, where do you even procure all of these uh, supplies for all of this? That's a great question. I guess from like and why the, was like, her first? Hall? Why was her first instinct to lie to say that someone got sick? Like, of course, the adult is going to want to go in if you say that. <laughs> Plan that elaborate thing, and then your best excuse was she's ill. Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that Annie's just like, no, fuck you. We're doing this. <laughs> I'm taking everyone to hell tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, at a certain point, if I was Hallie, I'd be like, well, I'm going to back away so I don't get any of this uh, chocolate syrup on me. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. That's non-negotiable at this point. At least I don't have to get sticky. Uh, well, I to- She's like, well, I told you it was a mess in there. Uh, yeah, there really do seem to be two adults at this entire camp as they march... I don't know, hundreds of girls out into the woods to this isolation cabin. Um, so I don't remember how long ago we did Last Mohicans on this podcast. I mean, there's literally a scene where they're like leaving the camp and it's like the same choreography of just hundreds of people marching out of the woods. <laughs> like it's like the whole it's like almost like the whole camp is banishing these girls. I'd be a little annoyed yeah, if like I like some group shame. Yeah, yeah. If I was one of the ones who was not in trouble, I'd be like, do I really have to go on this hike? Out in the middle of nowhere, I guess that's to make everybody else hate them. Well, I mean, this is where you put somebody when they've been infected by the thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you don't want them to infect the rest of the camp. Like, you made me think of this scene from the 1995 classic Heavyweights when they're all out in the... Do you guys ever see that movie? I have not. No. With Ben Stiller and Keenan Thompson, uh, Judd Apatow's in it. They're at the, like a camp, uh, an overweight camp for kids that are overweight. And Ben Stiller plays this crazy guy who takes over the camp to whip them all into shape. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is, it is he kind of well. doing like his um, his Happy Gilmore character there? Like the, the kind of ben evil Stiller Ben Stiller? Or, or Adams. Was he in ben, Happy Gilmore? Yeah, he's like the, the mean orderly at the nursing home. Uh. Oh, he plays this like health nut. He, he plays like a, um, like a CrossFit guy, like crazy intense okay. workout. Yeah, they have a scene where they're all, they're not behaving or making the right, I think it's, I haven't seen it in a while, but it's like, they aren't meeting their goal of how much weight they're like sneaking in candy and stuff. And so they, he makes them go on this crazy, like, you know, excursion through the woods. And it was immediately, I, I thought of that scene. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I don't know, because presumably these girls are there for what, like seven and a half weeks? Seemingly, what is, yeah. I mean, are they coming back to the mess hall for meals or what the hell is going on here? Cause this seems wild. I mean, as, as someone who doesn't like big group activities, it sounds pretty cool to me to be like, Oh, I just get to hang out in this cabin. Maybe you bring me the food. I, I just, I feel like the, the two, I don't know. Maybe the two adults are like, woof, there's two kids out of like the 300. We don't have to watch, but is that work too? Can you not watch the kids for that long of a time? I don't know. I think there's the scene when they're teaching each other and they're showing the picture of the grandfather. There's a little sign behind the table and it says isolation table. Yeah, yeah. So I think they have their own little table in the mess hall. Oh, Only sit at that table. <laughs> nobody talk to them. Shun them. Everyone shun them. Shame. Yeah. Someone's just like ringing a bell. Like poor tie dye is just ringing that bell. Like, sorry, babe. Can't talk. Um, yeah. So we get the, the classic scene, which fascinating that there's a light switch by each of their beds in this cabin. Um, though the fact that there are two beds in the isolation cabin makes me wonder what was the isolation cabin initially intended for? Is it like a deathmatch cabin? Maybe it's like for people who have, I don't know, like uh, an illness, like chicken pox or something. I don't know. 
But is it like two girls enter, one girl leaves? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hunger Games, yeah. yeah. I like Population all the control cabin. All like the kind of magazine cutouts and whatnot on the wall. I don't know. Do you think do people do kids still do that? Even Mood boarding mag- magazines are a thing of the past. Now I get maybe they have Pinterest for that. Uh, I don't know that I can comment on what teenagers do. Mm-hmm. Annie has not heard of Leonardo DiCaprio. How dare? How dare she? How lucky is she? <laughs> She's more into like get... Jude Law. What was Jude Law doing at this point? Was he even doing Gattaca? I'm not even sure. I mean, I think Gattaca was out by then. Yeah. Huh. Um, I don't know. There's a moment here with these two. I was like, is there sparks being played between them? Like, are they sisters? Like, just like just vibing on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So they're both far from home. One's from California. One's from England. Um, yeah. Hallie's best friend is her dad, Dennis Quay, which kind of bums Annie out. They She's both like, wow, do. You're a loser. Yeah. They both eat their Oreos of peanut butter, which. Everyone else finds disgusting. It doesn't seem that disgusting to me. Seems kind of gross to me. I mean, there are peanut butter flavored Oreos, so you could like probably save a lot of work there. I don't know if they had those in the late nineties. So. Hmm. Both uh, oh. burn on, born on October eleventh. They're just like, hmm, what a coincidence! Come on, ladies, penny in the air. <laughs> uh, so eventually, they they reveal that they both have uh, like a crumpled up picture that's torn of their parents. So they're going to on the count of three, like bring them out together. Of course they meet, they match up. I also assign blame to Dennis Quaid for this because I feel like you would have to know that your daughter has been trucking around this picture for her 11 and so many years. Then you're just like, nah, I don't need, I don't need to explain it to you. He's busy running his winery. Yeah. Yeah, so Annie says, this is so freaky. And I yelled, Friday. Um, so they, they connect the picture. Um, and just Hallie's just like, if your dad is my dad and my mom is your mom and we're both born on October 11th, then we're like sisters. And Annie's like, Hallie, you moron. It's like we're twins. Yeah, necessarily. They would have to be twins. <laughs> um, so they spend spend the night talking about what their parents are like mom designs wedding gowns um they've posted the photo up by uh thumbtacks that you know stitch back together and hallie gets the idea that they should switch places like, i think the the piece where she says there's two of me i mean two of us it's like hallie is going to lose her entire personality of being an only child right like that's her <laughs> that's i feel like that she leans into that quite a bit and then now she's like oh i gotta share the spotlight oh shit because Hallie seems the most unwilling to give up London. Yeah, when when the and when Annie calls and it's like, oh, we've got a problem with Meredith. Hallie's just like, wrong number, click. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Martin, yes. don't ever answer that call again for mm-hmm. my my friend from camp. Um, yeah, and then just there's the uh, this is like kind of the prestige moment. Spoilers, um, where one of them has something different physically, and the other has to has to match it. Mm-hmm. Annie really gets the shit end of the stick here, right? She's got to do both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Hallie had a brilliant, beyond brilliant idea. Well, this, Annie is such like an adult too. She's just like, I'm getting my hair cut by an 11 year old. <laughs> uh, 
Also, she's going to need antibiotics because I feel like that's absolutely an infection. No, they uh, ran the the lighter under the needle to sterilize it. She'll be fine. Yeah. Why the apple? I don't. I don't know I anything about your piercing. Just as a backstop. Okay. Um, I was surprised. I don't. I don't know if that's just an effect or how they did it, but they really showed that needle go in. Like just like oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think they cut that out of some of the. Um, the showings of it. Like I think mm. when you watch it on TV and I, th- I was reading that they cut it out of the UK version as well. Cause they didn't want to promote people going around and mm-hmm. piercing each other's ears at 11 years old. <laughs> I was surprised they showed it. It was like, wow, they really, okay. I, like the, I don't know if they, they faked that or if that was a real thing or what, but yeah, they definitely show it. I just like the idea that like, sorry, Lindsay, you got to take the piercing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then they're going to split up. Uh, Hallie dresses Annie. Annie dresses Hallie in a jean jacket. So American. Um, they're, one of them's going to figure out how mom and dad met. The other's going to figure out how they broke up. Or why they broke up. That seems, I don't know, like those aren't too... Well, I think I their know, I general plan is like worst case scenario, we get found out, then they have to meet each other. So yeah, and to, to switch us back. So it's like they, they're playing can't lose in a way. Yeah. Um, so one, uh, so Annie goes off in her limo. Um, and we go to, to England where we know it's England cause there's a big Ben right there. Yeah. There's parliament. Uh, we're going to see every fucking statue that London has to offer <laughs> in this drive. Apparently there's a deleted scene where she meets the queen. Yeah. That sounded pretty bad. I think that's a good cut. Um, <laughs> uh, I think you can see Dina Lohan in the background of, of the airport. Um, her and Martin do the special shake. Of course, there she goes by the laws is playing, which is not the first song in the Gilmore Girls pilot to tie it all together. Oh, yeah. You know, I think it was. Yeah. I just saw uh, that movie, that song from the uh, So Married Axe Murder movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. I love that movie. I don't know if that's a good movie, but I love that <laughs> movie. Um, yeah, she's like really like there's a nice bit where like uh Hallie's just like really like clenching her hands together in her lap, like getting so nervous as she like gets out of the car and goes up the steps and basically finds out that she lives in what is essentially like Paddington's house. I was really trying to pay a lot of attention to the architecture. It's one of the things Nancy Myers is known for is uh impressive houses and especially really impressive kitchens in her yeah. sets. Yeah. You know, it's complicated. Yeah. Um so she Runs in the grandfather, gives him a hug, starts like smelling him, like making a, a memory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this guy's been in a bunch of stuff, right? The grandfather? Uh, I don't know that I recognized him. Really? Hmm. He's, he seemed like he'd probably played like a hundred grandfathers. Hmm. Hmm. No, fun fact. He's actually a grandfather of a hundred kids. So there you go. Uh, by 50 different women. Figure that out. Um, then she hears her mother calling to her and she like kind of there's like a weird like slow-mo effect a few times to the hug of the mom. Um and I, I thought it was interesting because I noticed like Martin noticed immediately the haircut and the pierced ears, which I thought was nice, but of course mom does too. It just seems like I don't know, Annie's really loved. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they, I would have gotten they, in major trouble for that. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They both seem like they're their home lives, sir pretty fine you know i mean they're they're both well off i mean they might may not have a uh, a mother or father but it's not like they're really suffering even with the vineyard i thought that the that uh, annie's home life was going to be much more rich i was kind of surprised how grand uh the vineyard and all that stuff is 
Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty impressive pad there. That's an estate. An old yeah. villa. Um, and some RJ business there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so um, then we realized that uh, Cuppy, this like weird little creepy bunny rabbit thing, accidentally got packed, which I guess this is Hallie's as and Annie doesn't want it to be thrown away because of that. I don't Did she put it in there or did, um, Hallie must have did Hallie or no, but, she's Hallie. Think, yeah. Yeah. But okay. I think, I think Hallie packed her bunny cause it's still okay. her identity because she has this whole thing about like, Oh no, it belongs to my friend, but there's no way that she would go to a foreign country without cuppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of telling there. Um, so mom, mom gets a, a phone call for work, goes to the studio. We get a cover of Here Comes the Sun, which I think is just there. So Hallie and mom can pull an Abbey Road. <laughs> I, I don't know if he needed it, but okay, it's cool. Her mom just seems, I don't know, like impossibly cool. Like she's designs wedding dresses. She speaks French. She's very glamorous. She's like commanding the photo shoot. I mean, like doing that thing where she's like even getting like, like uh buy-in from her daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you think? Yeah. She's always in white too. Very like and well like lit well lit. She always feels really just angelic throughout all of this. The the only other time I really noticed that her fashion was slightly different is before the camping trip later, her and uh Nick are like wearing, wearing like basically the same colors, which I think was was kind of I don't know, interesting, mm-hmm. especially when uh Meredith changes into like all black to go camping. Um yeah, so mom's cool. Uh, which uh, Hallie brings up at one point, you know, designing all these wedding gowns doesn't make you think about marriage again, or you know, the F word. She says, like, the F word, <laughs> you know, my father. And they just had this photo shoot, and you know, life's good for Hallie as Annie here. Hallie's like, I'm never leaving, <laughs> I'll die here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we mentioned at one point that uh, the parents met on the QE2 because neither was keen on flying. Dad's American. And then this interesting like kind of transition of just like, oh, dear old dad. Like, I wonder what he's doing at the very moment. And we cut to Dennis Quaid. So I wonder, if they were they going to London on the QE2 or were they going to America? Like, how did that work out? It's a good question. Seems to be a whirlwind romance there where they met on the boat and got married over the course of what, like a few days. Yeah. I mean, if you heard that, I don't think you'd be that surprised that it didn't last. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Oh, well, your dad was just kind of a hookup. Yeah. I we just, were like, I both was really drunk when we got married. So drunk. <laughs> we had, these... he's about to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> if you think about the duration of his relationship with Meredith, when we get there. Okay. Did you guys ever, in your research or whatever, did you see the tweet from Elaine Hendricks? Oh, oh my God, yes. Yeah, yeah. I saw a mention of it about uh, his fourth wife. Watch out for those twins. Yeah. Burn. <laughs> see, I knew Elaine Hendricks because uh, one of the shows I grew up loving was called Briscoe County Jr., The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., which is where I discovered Kelly Rutherford um, as like the love interest to Bruce Campbell. And Elaine Hendricks played her like kind of evil, scheming little sister. <laughs> so I was somewhat acquainted with Meredith before I haven't seen this. Um, anyway, so Dennis Quaid, I don't know. I, I, I can't work up that much excitement about Dennis Quaid. I could definitely see Kurt Russell in this role. Uh, some of the other ones is like Tom Hanks. That, that'd be weird. I think. Uh, yeah, I feel like 
I don't know. I hate to say it. I feel like it'd be a waste of Tom Hanks. Well, this would be like post Philadelphia and Forrest Gump and everything. Yeah, that'd be weird for him to be in the parent trap. Yeah. Um, so he does notice little things, though. Like his daughter now says things like, she was a lovely girl and that's a horrid habit. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, he's also a cowboy hat guy. Nice shot to Nappy he, here. He's a Trump supporter, right? I oh, think yeah. so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure yeah. he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, which would explain also why he should be more upset about her real spastic rant about having missed being able to say dad her whole life. She just like keeps digging herself de- deeper on this like dad business. She's like, I just like saying the word dad, dad, dad. <laughs> He's like, cool. What drugs are you on from camp? (laughs) (laughs) Then we meet Chessie, who's basically like, by the way, Hallie, your dad is like, has found some gold digging whore, but don't let me influence your opinion of her in any way, but she's trash. IRL, uh, Meredith and Chessie are best friends. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. 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 Chessie, though, can like smell immediately that this is a different girl. Yeah, she's a little more perceptive than Nick here. Yeah. Um, yeah, and she's like giving the DL as like they're unpacking. Um, also, the dog kind of outs her. Yeah, the dog is essentially the horse from PLL. <laughs> yeah, Sammy fucking knows. The dog yeah. always knows. Sammy the dog and the Jenna thing. Oh, yeah. Get away from me, you imposter. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Meredith hired to do publicity for the vineyard, but is doing a better job of selling herself, which, you know, I, I get what she's going for, but that's also kind of like a, a fucked up line. Yeah. That's insane. Like, she's like, Jesse's like, I don't want to influence your opinion or whatever, but like, I'm being really harsh about this woman at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying she's a bad person or anything, but I am saying I would push her down the stairs mm-hmm. if I could get away with it. Um, also... Honestly, Dennis Quaid, why not just end up with Chessie? Like, uh, I mean, I don't know. That uh, professional relationship that may be a little bit awkward. Seemingly, well, Chessie's Meredith. been around for, yeah, true. Chessie's been around for at least 11 years. Like, she, yeah, but she, she was acquainted with baby mm-hmm. um, Hallie. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, uh, when she's when uh, Annie is Hallie is like spying on her dad and Meredith from the with the camera through the window, her dad is just grabbing some Meredith ass. And we we don't see Meredith's face through all this. There's always like the hat kind of blocking mm-hmm. her face. And then, There's a million reasons why that girl's giggling, and they're all down at the bank. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> So then we get, like I said, the like femme fatale intro of her by the pool. Um, the slow reveal, the hat lifting up, the sultry saxophone. Um, Meredith, wow, Meredith does years older than me. Yeah, when uh, when they're kissing and, and she's spying through the camera, Meredith like lifts her leg up, like that kind of classic style there. Does anybody actually do that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's supposed to be like show off in movie language that like, you're clearly in love in this kiss, right? I mean, I suppose it had to have come from somewhere. Yeah. So Dennis Quaid goes to get some champagne. Meredith takes a phone call. She like lies to get him out of something. Um, Annie is immediately ready to fuck with Meredith. She's just like, so you're cool for the fuck boy my dad is? <laughs> yeah. She starts like negging and gaslighting her immediately. She's just like, yeah, number 29, huh? 
he only brings uh, his broads like his special reserve and he <laughs> walks in he's just like got my special reserve and she's like ooh I feel like they're they're kind of portraying it as like a bad thing that Meredith lies about like where the dad is right now and she's like oh I'm writing it all down and she's clearly not like she's just getting rid of some guy who's looking for a handout like I don't know I'm not not anti-Meredith on that she's uh, doing her job I there have- uh, I highly encourage people who work for me to lie to get me out of things <laughs> all the time. So that's a plus. Um, yeah. So she, so Hallie or Annie calls Hallie in England. Uh, Hallie has to take the phone call basically in Harry Potter's bedroom under the stairs. This is like um, like classic like nineties eighties thing where like the people have these phones with these like incredibly long cords that they can just take anywhere in their house. I had like a twenty foot cord in my house. Oh yeah, was it uh, like the the kind of springy kind, like the the coil, or yep. was it just long cord? Yep. Okay, the, the coil, which is annoying as shit. Yeah. Um, and then, and then I remember just begging my parents to invest in the uh, the cordless. Well, it all begging. seemed like a, a movie thing where it was a short cord from the phone or from the receiver to the phone, but like a super long cord from like the the phone to the the wall. So they could just yeah. like pick the whole thing up and take it with them wherever they need to go. The, yeah, the thing that you would slam the phone mm-hmm. in when you're when you're hanging up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I remember I don't remember why this I remember the stupid anecdote of high school friends. I think it was you first, James. Your family got that weird cordless phone that looked like uh like the iMac. Oh, it was like like was translucent kind of, plastic yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And then I remember going to other friends' houses after that, and they had all went and got that same phone. You could get it like Target or something, probably. Yeah. But I, I just remember thinking like that was a very adult thing that I would see later in my actual adult life where you'd be over to a friend's house and you wouldn't really comment about something cool they had, but like the next time they came over, they would see that you went out and bought <laughs> one too. <laughs> also, Dennis Quaid is so rich that I don't think he'll notice the massive out of country phone charge on the bill. <laughs> I think, hey, honey, why'd you call England? At one point later, uh, she makes a collect call, which is like, wow, okay. <laughs> Who knows how much that would have cost back then? Oh, yeah. I mean, collect calls were were meant to be scams, though. Like, I just remember, because they ask you, like, who should we tell the other person is calling? And, and it would always be like, mom, I'm at the mall. Pick me up. Bye. <laughs> My parents used to hate it so much when I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which to be fair yeah. that'd be pretty annoying but wait yeah so hallie's like gushing about how great mom is and annie's just like all right toughen up straight up ship up here you got to get mom out here because dad has a new broad and Hallie's just like nah, i just kind of want to hang out with mom we're, we're rich here we're, we're different kind of rich starts making like fake static with the candy wrapper <laughs> it's pretty messed up <laughs> uh yeah. So in Napa the next day, Chessie makes Annie a massive breakfast. I, Holy crap. I do think it's funny, like when they're on the phone call, Hallie has her hair down like Hallie would, even though she's pretending to be Annie. And then Annie has her hair up as Hallie. Like it's like they kind of revert to their natural style when they, they think they're alone there. Mm. Um Chessie's located somewhere in the house that she knows that uh Annie was making a midnight phone call in her bathroom. Like she's that dialed into this girl. Cause she's just like the, I don't know, the caretaker. It's, it's unclear exactly what her job I think, is there. I think he calls her the nanny. Does later. He? Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's a great bit though. When, uh, when Meredith buys the bell <laughs> and the look on his face where he's just like, well, oh, sorry, Chessie, but you are the help. So huh. what an ass. yeah. Um, so she catches Annie in this lie about calling her friend in New York because of the time difference. I like that. Jesse's just like, you know, I'm not an idiot. Right. <laughs> 
Well, she's also made Should all I? this breakfast. Sorry. What were you going to say, Megan? Oh, as you say, did you guys notice that they really lean into the fact that this is a vineyard? Like every shot, there's like five bottles of wine on the counter. Yeah, it's yeah. everywhere. The house is littered with wine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing that now. Well, even, I mean, even like when Hallie's able to like identify, you know, with this type of wine and how she's preferential to a California grape at the <laughs> dinner table or in England later. I do kind of um, wonder, like, is that part of the reason that you would set the movie to be in Napa so you can go film in Napa? It's not a bad reason. Because I know when, when we were first, like, uh, trying to develop Trouble as a TV show, we were like, well, you set it in Napa. That way, like, the executives would want to shoot there so they could go there. That, and I think it came out of our joke about a PLL spinoff called The Haunted Vineyard. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. That Ashley Marin would, would go run. Um, yeah, so Annie continues to act weird. She's eating less. She's like being strange around the dog. She doesn't know if the door pushes in or out. Yeah. <laughs> that one is honestly on her. <laughs> I could see how, it, like, if if I was, like, tasked with, like, all right, you get the di- draw a diagram of your house and, like, which way the doors go, I'm not sure if I would get it right. You know, like, if, if you'd remember. muscle memory? Yeah, it's just, like, kind of muscle memory. Hmm. Uh, so Quay's office, which is, like, a warehouse full of barrels of wine, um he wants to talk about meredith and annie wants to like talk about her mom he's really not Um, like reading the signals from hallie or slash annie at all here because every time he brings it up she's like super evasive and you know like running away at one point but he's just like oh i just need to find the right way to tell her i'm getting married to this woman she clearly doesn't like well and and having never been a single parent I can only imagine all of the problems that come with that or the, the challenges, but especially dating, like, cause I feel like you're going to have that talk with your kids. You're going to have some kind of policy about when the person you're dating meets the kids. Mm-hmm. You're going to have some kind of talk with the kids if they're okay with this. And I feel like nine and a half times out of 10, the kids are going to be like, no, I'm not okay with this. Or at least you want to take it slow. But And then mom and dad's going to be like, yeah, but I'm really horny. So mm-hmm. can, you, can you work with me on this? Um, but yeah, Meredith shows up. She's, she's kind of cool. She's got an assistant, which, Hey, get it girl. You're 26. You got an assistant. I like her uh, driving the golf cart. Yeah. So the first thing she's going to do is like send that two faced little brat off to boarding school in Timbuktu and her ultra caddy assistant is just so into it. Hey, who is this I'm, guy? He's just like slay. <laughs> well, they don't um, make her like. She's not like, I don't know, the uh, the wife and like the Adams family too or anything where she's like purely evil and like running like a some sort of scam where she's not who she says she is or anything like that. She's just kind of, you know, mildly gold digging, I guess. Well, and I would dig in the the two face comment kind of lets me think that she's definitely picking up on something with these girls. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she knows she knows that this girl is like running a scam on her. You know, she doesn't know the particulars. Yeah, takes con and no con. Yeah. Also, here's where I here's where I jump in on Meredith. What did she think happened to Hallie's mom? Because she never that's that, to me that's her biggest sin. She never asks any questions. I mean, can you imagine if you were Mrs. DeWinter coming to Manderley and you're like, wait, I'm the second Mrs. DeWinter? Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> now here's my question: How does uh, Annie know how to ride a horse? Did she like do this in in England? Well, you gotta you gotta hunt those foxes. Mm-hmm. Also, Lindsay Lohan's allergic to horses. I mean, how did they do that then? I guess she just had to suffer through it. <laughs> Don't worry. We got an EpiPen <laughs> nearby. 
<laughs> just ride the horses till you puff up. I, mean, I know they had uh, a, a a double that they used a lot. They they had yeah. to obviously. Yeah. They just basically like did the Winklevoss thing. They just filmed it one way and then they filmed the other way and they put like an earpiece in her ear and did playback of her own audio. So uh, is this where we really get into the Meredith talk? Yes. Let's okay, it so, that one out. So here's here's where I, I came down on this after watching this mm-hmm. this recent time. Basically, up until this point, the only thing that she's really, I'd say, air quotes, like done to her was they had that snarky interaction where she was saying, you know, look at all my, you're the 29th woman, all this. Like, it seems like they make her into a villain so quickly. And to what end? Like, it just doesn't feel right to me that she, the, knowing that you're going to have to put in some effort, right, to like, to get to know your future spouse's kid, that the the first thing that she did was they had this interaction and then she was immediately like, I'm shipping her off to boarding school. You know, like it felt they were, they just wanted her to be a villain, but mm-hmm. I felt there was a bit more that they could have done to maybe have some of the pranks come or like some of the more interactions come on and then do the more villain turn later or even not at all. I mean, I guess we'll get to that, but yeah. You kind of needed her to like kick the dog or something. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. she's not quite as villainous as you would expect for her to be the villain of the movie. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I do feel like there's, enough shades gray with her character that it's like, well, she wanted to send her out to boarding school, but it doesn't seem like she dislikes Nick. Like, it's not like she's planning to like kill Nick for his money or anything like that. You know, though I would not be upset with her if she was mm-hmm. like, I might even like her more. Like it kind of just seems like she likes Nick, but doesn't care about the kid is the impression you get. Is her name? Is it, is it, what is her last name? Is it Blake? Or is it Greg? Yes. Blake. Blake. Okay. Nerd gray. Um, I think is from uh, Grey's Anatomy. The TV show. Yeah. 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 <laughs> honestly patrick dempsey would make more sense in this role uh i might be able to stomach him a little bit more than uh dennis quaid yeah i don't i don't i don't know i mean also it's not that crazy to me that this this very capable 26 year old would be bummed that like the one thing that's wrong with this guy that i'm marrying is he has a, a child and the baggage that comes with that maybe that's just not where i am at 26 so I'm going to ship her off to Timbuktu or, or wherever their schooling system is. I mean, it's like, yeah, she doesn't keep the dog. It's not like she's just like smoking a cigarette. She doesn't even smoke in this movie mm-hmm. like uh, Natasha does. And she's not like, hey, Jesse, update your resume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's not like trying to get rid of Jesse or anything. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I just it's like she has like her evil assistant. <laughs> it's just like, yes, queen. <laughs> the guy never comes back. It's like, okay. <laughs> There's a lot of just, I mean, like, I almost wanted this to be a TV show just to, like, see how these girls, like, grow up together and everything, but, like, to see more of, like, her camp friends and everything. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, also, when uh, when he goes to have the talk with Annie as Hallie, and she's, like, running through the vineyard just to get away from this info, which I feel like should be a clue, world's best dad. Like, you should be, have kind of a sense of where your daughter's head's at. He seems pretty clueless. Yeah. Criminally. He literally believes she learned French during the eight week duration of camp. <laughs> yeah. 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 And she starts like cursing in French at one point. Like it, Yeah, she's just like monologuing aggressively in French. And he's just like, that's fine. It's it's like, I don't know, the, the least amount of effort possible that he has to put into like, whatever, you'll be fine. I just want to marry this person. Which is why After- it's like his whole thing at the end where he's like, Well, I choose them, obviously. It's like, okay, I guess. It's just it's just now more more classic Nick Parker mindfuckery. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, because also, what what was the Meredith situation? I mean, did Meredith only come to exist in the last two months? And he's straight up like, darling, this is Meredith. I'm going to marry her in two weeks. Yeah, that's ten total weeks, right? Eight weeks at camp and and two weeks after. Ten. Well, Nick Nick moves fast. We've learned that. (laughs) She's kind of shocked they're not married already. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, honey, she's already pregnant. Daddy's boys can swim. Um, But yeah, like just when she comes back into the house, and I love just the the way Chessie's just like there and that share of a book, like like what the fuck did you become British when you were alone? (laughs) Yeah, Um, this is where she. Jesse has a thing where it's like, it's almost like you're different. And then she like stops. And then I don't know. What did you guys think about Annie? Uh, this is Annie. Yeah. Annie deciding to out herself here. Well, cause let's just say real quick, Jesse's basically in a domestic noir horror movie up until this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What'd you think about this turn here, Megan? I felt like it, it, it's some of, it's some of this, this theme that you see in, in different movies where, the wealthy parents are sort of not aware to what's going on on the day to day, but the, I guess we'll call them the help. I think Chessie's mm-hmm. more family than the help, but I guess if you get a paycheck, you're the help, right? Yeah. So that the help often knows you more than your own family does, you know? And I think they hit on that a little bit in Gossip Girl, right? Like Chuck Bass, like in the hotel, and he talks about how he, you know, he spent nights in the kitchen with the wait staff and stuff. It, that oftentimes that those people are the people that, mean the most to you that you spend the most time with. And so the fact that she sort of pieces it all together in that little moment, um, I, I, I always tear up a little bit during that moment. Mm. Does the, does the Chuck Bass stuff hit differently or like more authentically? No. When you rewatch that show now? Uh, it's yeah. It's yikes. It's a big yikes. Watch like, yeah, it, it's cringy. Mm. It is interesting that Chessie has realized, you know, that this is Annie and Chessie's, tearful moment and they're hugging out and Nick's still completely clueless and they don't tell him. They're just like, no. we're just going to keep this to ourselves still. Oh, she immediately goes to bat for her. She's like, I'll, mm. I'll protect you. Yeah. I feel like they probably cut out a part where Nick Parker's just like, women, huh? Or whatever. This like clueless doof. Um, uh, also, uh, Lisa Ann Walter, Chessie, had twin boys three years after this movie came out. Guess when their birthday was? October 11th. Yup. Interesting. Oh my god. Yeah, it's wild. It's like the parent trap curse. If it's a curse. Um Mary the shows yeah, up so again I, and it's just like getting all over Nick here. Yeah. Like we, we can see how she controls him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, like uh so the we hit the this is where we get to the uh I want to make her part of the family. And then just a honey, I think you're missing the point. No, I'm not. You're going to adopt her. <laughs> What a savage burn. Pretty effective at uh, communicating your opinion without coming out and saying it. Well, and, and pointing out like reality. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she like, likes a little chest hair. I mean, I, I feel like I've seen those couples in public and I, I know I shouldn't say like, oh, this is your dad. I mean, in reality, 34 to 26, not a huge deal. But Dennis Quaid looks like he's 44. Yeah. Well, because his face is a catcher's mitt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never going to unsee that now. <laughs> he's he's like, what part of the vineyard job involves direct sunlight? Because that's all me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's <laughs> crinkled smile. up like a raisin. The smile he has in that that movie where he's like the bad guy is just so creepy. I just I can't unsee it now. 
He's got like the evilest version of Tom Cruise's smile. It's impressive, really. I mean, it's it's a it's a big ass smile in a way that I don't think a lot of guys like smile like full teeth anymore. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So Meredith goes to talk to Hallie. Also, Meredith is just like, leave your shirt unbuttoned. I want to see some chest hair. <laughs> well, in the whole conversation between her and uh, Annie as Hallie there, uh, where she's kind of getting all florid about romance, and then Annie just kind of shoots back, like, oh, marriage is supposed, supposed to be more than just sex. And Meredith is like, oh, I didn't realize we were having that kind of conversation. With, with this 11-year-old, mm-hmm. you know. Giving her the lay of the fucking land. But uh, honestly, there's a part here where Meredith kind of start. I I didn't really know quite how I felt about her because I think I was starting to pick up, like you said, Megan, just this whole indirect. Is she really the villain just because of the role she's in? But she says it's not a crime to be young and beautiful, by the way. And I was like, fair. Can't argue with that. Solid. Yeah. Take it from someone who got their molars very early in life. <laughs> But I mean, like, just, you know, number one, she's a woman, but, you know, being young and beautiful, the amount that she has to work even harder, like, makes, I think, her accomplishments that much more impressive. Right. She's a PR person for a, a vineyard at 26. I was still yeah. in school at 26. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and she has an assistant who's, like, apparently, like, yes, queening to everything she does, which is the dream. But, like, aren't especially women raised to think that you need to find, like, a, a rich prince? And it's like, now we're upset with her because she has? Yeah, because later on, her parents do say they're everything that I hoped you would marry mm-hmm. and millions more. <laughs> also, great stunt casting that her mom is the original the original Meredith. The Vicky, I think she was in that movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, we see the, like, the SOS is a fax of a picture of a dog barking 911. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy knows. I love that code. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, so this, this part it, almost made my top moments when she's uh, in, uh, Hallie as Annie is giving her thoughts on the wine. Bouquet's a little ro- too robust for her, though. So, I feel like I mean, do you think there's a scene cut out where where she where Martin has like revealed he's figured it out or something? Because he's clearly like showing her the facts on the DL, right? I don't think he is. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Oh, that's how I read. I read it as he was just kind of like flashing it to her behind his back so no one else would see it oh see i thought he thought it was like like trash or spam or something he's like oh those kids and he was just gonna chuck it and she just happened to see it it might be my massively pro martin bias Mm. Mm. um but i love that she's just like she she does this just like oh i must be woozy from the wine i need to run down the street and make and call america from a red phone booth is woozy not something a british person would say because the grandfather is like woozy huh like is that that's like a tell or something Oh. British people are weird because uh <laughs> go on. Oh, I just learned the other day that um they drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah, I heard that. Napkin is the more uh upper class uh, upper crust term. Hmm. The the lower classes would say serviette. Hmm. Which fascinated me because I mean, I, I, when I think of the kind of person who's just like, pardon me, do you have a serviette for this great Poupon? I'm thinking of the much more fancy person. I've never even heard the word serviette before. Well, good for you. Um, you've, you've, you've not been exposed to that level of Anglo madness. Um, yeah, so also, hilariously, when she gets in this phone booth, 
Lindsay Lohan is at the age where that phone is bigger than her face. <laughs> to have it to her ear means that the uh, part she speaks into is like way past her mouth. <laughs> she calls collect. It's also yeah. daylight seemingly in both locations here. I don't know what time it's supposed to be, but I mean, yeah, I guess you can't really keep track of mm-hmm. time. Difference. It's like, uh, Ooh, Jesus. It's eight like the evening hours? evening where Hallie is because they're eating dinner, I think. I feel like it's eight hours ahead for us and five for Megan. Yeah, my friend's in the Netherlands. I think she's six okay. hours ahead of me. Hmm. So maybe it's like breakfast time where uh, Annie as Hallie is. I can't believe I've made it this far without just completely screwing up the names entirely. There's still time. That's um, Nancy Myers' daughters are named Annie and Hallie. Apparently, that's why they're named that in the movie. One of them is the super cute hotel employee later. Mm-hmm. And then one of them is is somewhere in the, the camp, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she leaves the phone booth. She runs into somebody. She's like, excuse me in her American accent. And whoa, 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 what? It's grandfather. Busted. Yeah. And I was just like, this, I, this blew my mind that she's just like telling, I don't know, like just the, the quickness by which they tell certain people. And then the way that number just adds up, just, I don't know, it fascinated me. Oh. I don't know like what I thought they were going to stretch it out to, but. The scene where she tells uh, her mom here is pretty good, or she like ducks under the covers and she's, she's like, where might Annie be? And he's like in Napa with her father, Nick Parker. And Elizabeth is just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, she's so flustered. It's just the idea of Nick Parker. She's like, oh, you're that kid that uh, I haven't seen, even though you're my daughter, in 11 years. Yeah, I'm your child that you abandoned. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the way Martin is immediately on board and like like bawling and so happy, I just kind of thought he had to suspect earlier. Um, yeah, so this is the great scene we're talking about, Megan, where, where mom's freaking out. Oh my uh, God, a classic. Mm-hmm. Just... The, the hair in the rollers yeah. like just so good she says at one point to martin martin you know i think of you as more of a brother right you're like a lovable brother who also happens to serve us yeah. <laughs> and he's just like like she's like trying to figure out the wear and he's just like listen girl if i had your body and your legs <laughs> i'd wear this I'd, black dress you'll kill it um and then just they're leaving. She has her goodbye of grandpa because because uh, uh, Hallie has lied and said that they're going to meet dad tomorrow at noon at this hotel in San Francisco, which, well, that's a long flight. Um, I guess I would get pretty boozed up on that. But I just, I, I don't know. It shouldn't have been funny to me, but LOL is Martin just like dresses a biker for his flight. Laugh out loud moment every time. Yeah. Uh, he's really taking, like when she said at one point, like you don't have to even be on the clock. You're still going to get paid to come with us. He's just like done. I'm there. <laughs> Can let my hair down figuratively. Is that how he dresses when he's like not on duty? I, that's how I took it. Until somebody was like, are you going to buy this leather this time? Or are you just curious? Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm a little curious. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're at the hotel the next day. Uh, Meredith's there for her parents on the play along. Her parents are super horny for a payday. Um, yeah. The scheming parents is also a little odd. They're just like, we fully support our daughter and her gold digging. Yeah. So Dennis Quaid shows up of Hallie and Chessie and the dog. Brought the dog. 
what is this? Is this, this isn't the wedding. What is this? It's like a engagement dinner, I guess. But you have a massive vineyard estate. Like, it's, yeah, I literally wrote red flag. You don't want to get married in that massive vineyard he owns. What's wrong with you? Yeah. And I guess part of this is uh, Annie's doing here to make a, like have a place where they can all meet together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would be harder to to finagle this to get mom to the vineyard, but I don't know. I mean, because especially like we don't see the best parts of this hotel when Meredith is just like, let's get married here at this hotel. Um, why does he bring the dog? <laughs> I mean, I, I, I feel like that was something that either Chessie or, or Annie suggested just because they knew it would annoy uh, Meredith there. Yeah, I think he says it was Hallie as Aunt air quotes Hallie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just so Sammy can like snap at her again. I think Jesse's like, good dog. When Elizabeth, uh, she's, you know, couldn't get down a limo. She's gotten like drunk on the plane. And at some point, Martin says, I've never seen you so thirsty before, mom. <laughs> Which, uh, good double meaning in 2020 there. Also, I wrote down that, that Meredith's mom creeps me out. Like, she really feels like. She she lives next door to Mia Farrow at the Dakota. Like she just seems I don't know sinister to me. Um. Yeah, but Martin's whole look they like Martin, especially walking into the hotel in his leather, like his whole look just says I'm into the rough stuff. Well, he really doesn't match with the other two. Like uh, Elizabeth is like in like kind of white and I don't know maybe like like very very light pink, and then. Uh, Annie slash Hallie is there and like this like, you know, prim proper yellow and he's just like black leather. Mm-hmm. Just dying to get upstairs, change into his Speedo and take a dip. Um, yeah, so poor Hallie's just like, oh shit, my mom is like sloppy as, as, as can be. Um, Meredith's like checked in everyone. They're going to meet for lunch later. She wants to have the wedding there. There's like crazy lobby hijinks with the elevator. It's a real French farce. Yeah. Um, and he's just like, whoa, mom, that vodka breath. Or there's an expression that I don't remember from the 90s. She's totally zonked. <laughs> uh, Sammy at one point like barks and runs over to see Hallie. And I don't know what, because I guess, I guess she's just with Chessie there. So it wouldn't be like a huge shock or anything. But they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, I guess the dog will go with you. <laughs> yeah. Um so Meredith and Dennis Quaid get in the elevator. Meredith is just like tonguing his ear like there's no tomorrow. And this is, of course, when when poor Natasha Richardson has to see him. Meredith looks like she's ready to hit like the emergency stop button on that elevator as soon as the door closes. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to... Spencer like, Marco throw... PLL uh, season seven action there. Yeah, she's just going to throw the ball into that old catcher's mitt <laughs> over and over again. Um <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> Sorry, guys. It was just sitting there. <laughs> They're gonna play catch, all right? Um, yeah. So uh, upstairs, uh, uh, is it this is Natasha? She calls her both girls, and they like exit their rooms on either side of her in the hallway. And she's like, "Oh, don't do this to me. I'm already seeing double." <laughs> I like the part a little bit later when Meredith sees them both, and she just like screams. Yeah, <laughs> the only appropriate response. <laughs> yeah, really. Um. Yeah, so Chessie's like going to save the day by getting Natasha inside. Um, well, I like you, you already know you already know who's cool 
because um, Lizzie remembers Chessie. Like, and so Chessie's like, yeah, I always knew I liked you. Well, yeah, because she's like, oh, you probably don't remember me. And she goes, oh, Chessie. And she like does a kind of British kiss on the cheek. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're the good one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in the room, Elizabeth is like, just like falling apart. Um, when Martin comes strutting out in his speedo ready for a dip. And there's no way you can convince me otherwise because I'm telling you, this guy fucks. I just feel um, like that speedo's a little inappropriate, Martin. I don't think he knows that they're having a uh, massive family mm. trauma. <laughs> uh, I don't think he knows that there's a classic twinster situation mm-hmm. happening here. He's just like looking to go get uh, get some splashy splash on. And then he runs into Chessie and it's like sparks. It's like uh, fireworks. It's like 4th of July in their hearts and their loins at the same time. Um, to me, this is the part of the movie that I feel like you could have had less of this and I wouldn't have complained. Like it feels like it drags a little here. Which part? The, just all the hotel stuff. Mm. It's kind of like this extended farce of like running into people. And oh, didn't I just see you upstairs and that kind of stuff. There is a small thing that I found kind of interesting in a small way. When Annie refers to Meredith as she's like Carilla DeVille, <laughs> which I thought is harsh. They call her a. that a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. Which also B. I wonder if the Emma Stone Cruella DeVille movie is ever going to come I out. I believe it is. Yeah, I think that's coming. See, like, just when when a Disney property like references another Disney <laughs> property, it's always fascinating to me. Um, but again, it's not like she's you know, it's not like Meredith is like my one goal in life is to make a coat out of Dalmatians <laughs> or whatever. Um, yeah. So the girls are like, look, the only way we can get stopped quick for marrying this woman is to get you two back together. Um, and so, you know, appropriately, I think Natasha kind of freaks out about that because this is a lot for her to process. She's getting served the Bloody Mary with her face planted on the bar. I mean, is that a virgin Bloody Mary? <laughs> oh, I love this scene. This was one of the couple that I cut out mm. of them chatting in the bar. Mm-hmm. May your life be far less complicated than mine. Put that on my grave. <laughs> well, and and... Meredith gets her martini, discovers that, like, oh my God, this is Elizabeth James. I want you to design my wedding dress. And Natasha Richards is just like, fuck my life. Well, I don't think, does she know at this point who this is? I don't fully know, but. No, I don't, I don't think, think so. She, I don't yeah. think she, I think as far as she knows, this is just like some woman who's like, oh, I love your, your dresses. True. She only saw a blonde woman from behind, <laughs> like uh, eating out Dennis Quaid's ear um, in that hotel. But yeah, so. Meanwhile, Dennis Quaid's over by the pool area because this idiot can't even find where he's having lunch with Meredith's family. I wonder, is this like the same pool from uh, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Kind of, it kind of reminded me of that, yeah. Hmm. See, I got the impression as he was wandering around, he was sort of like staring at the people. There was like a woman with a similar haircut to Natasha Richardson. I got hmm. the impression that he was taking the long way to try to see if he could see uh. her again. Yeah, like see if he could catch the the wife before or the ex wife before he has to go do the the dinner. Well, then he sees her and he's straight up swooning. Um, I I I mean I still blame him for the dissolution of their relationship. He really just completely owns himself here, like falling into the pool. Like he he can't just like take his time to walk around. He's like hurrying and bumping into people left and right and tripping over stuff. And then he just falls in. Like, it's, I don't know. I feel like that's entirely on him there. Also, I would argue that's how Nick Parker lives his life. Mm-hmm. 
Um, oh, I think it has to be. He literally saw both girls within 10 seconds of each other, one f- probably 50 floors up wearing different outfits and mm-hmm. thought, thought somehow that was possible. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's kind of how- checked out. <laughs> yeah. That's how checked out he is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she's thrilled to see him. He's stunned to see her. Doesn't understand why she's not stunned to see him. And so Annie and Hallie come to like, show up. They like come clean. And it's like, yeah, Dennis Quaid, you piece of shit. These are both your kids. Um, I feel like, I don't know. It's a movie we need to move past it. But like, he doesn't feel one iota of guilt for keeping his daughter from her twin or, or you know, whatever. That fascinated me. I think he's mostly just focused on Elizabeth at that point. Yeah. Which, again, maybe not the greatest as a parent. Um, I do feel like they, they give uh, Natasha Richardson a lot of good like rom-com like cute moments here, even if he's kind of like a big doofus, you know, like her kind of like little laugh when he falls in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I feel bad because I was like, I don't really remember a lot of other Natasha Richardson movies. I just kind of remember that she was married to Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point in here, Hallie is humming the Let's Get Together song from the first parent trap. I think it's in the elevator earlier, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so we get the cameo from either Hallie and or Annie, the real Nancy Myers child who gets the, the first aid kit because uh, Nick has hurt himself in the pool. Um, and so he, I feel like he's trying to turn it on, like make something happen. And then Meredith shows up. Um, and Meredith's just like, how do you two know each other? And he's like, well, how do you two know each other? Oh, you're designing my fiance's wedding gown. And there's like a joke about how small the world it is. Um, and then this is when Annie and Hallie show up on either side of Meredith and spook the shit out of her. (laughs) Yeah. And she just Uh, screams. But this is what I was like, there's 35 minutes left in this movie. What is happening? Like, what else is there to do? I was, I was, my mind was blown for some reason. I forgot to ask you, Marker, had you seen the original parent trap? Yeah, yeah. I, okay. I said earlier, I I saw it as a kid. Okay. It was like one of those ones that, you know, I probably saw all of it several times and I would always see like parts of it. Um, and I was talking to Megan earlier this week and I was like, I know that there's a second one. I just don't think I ever saw it. Um, this where like they, there's a whole sequence where they've like prepared this fancy dinner on the boat here for the parents. This to me kind of feels like you see that this this is a parent trap movie, but it's also kind of a rom-com for the adults at the same time, which I don't think the original was as much, if I recall. Like, because we, we spend plenty of time with just Nick and Elizabeth here on the boat, kind of like, you know, why did you leave? Why didn't you come after me? That kind of stuff. Which, man, way to screw that one up, Nick. Yeah. I don't feel well, like this- they, like... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say this at the beginning of the boat scene when they get out of the limo and you see the the girls get out. I, as a kid, was obsessed with Hallie's culturally appropriated kimono dress. <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. that was the shit. I don't know. I don't know when that came into style and when that went out of style, but I was there for it. I was surprised that it was Hallie and not Annie wearing that dress for some reason. Didn't Nicole Kidman kind of wear something like that to the Oscars one year? I think that was definitely in, in a certain uh, period in time. The yeah. chopsticks in her hair. Oof. <laughs> i did laugh when the car pulls up because you know natasha's wearing this incredible black dress that martin picked out and at first i was just like oh they went to the docks very romantic <laughs> very romantic go see the seals i'm gonna go do a lady from shanghai thing here um how did these yeah, girls so gr- arrange this that's what i don't know like did jesse do all this or something well uh, you start off with as they say grandfather's money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he chipped in a lot 
Even if they had um, all the money in the world, like it just seems like a lot to arrange. Yeah. Uh, rented a yacht that's called the Halcyon, which is, you know, fitting. Um, I, I kind of wish they committed more to this, like the adults rom-com thing though. Yeah. You need a little bit of this just to buy the ending, but I kind of wish there had been more. Um, yeah. So inside there's like a dining room, there's a table set up for two. It's going to be Elizabeth and Nick's dinner. Chessie and Martin are there. Chessie's the serve. Martin's in the Somalia. They are dressed in naval attire and these two have incredible heat happening between them. Um, so they put on some music and lighting and the girls leave. And I like Jesse's just like, you two bozos get what's happening here, don't you? Someone's got to keep them honest, right? Yeah. Uh, there's a cute shot though when like they toast their daughters. And, like the, each of the girls is like looking at them through a porthole side by side. Oh, I love that. Oh, I, I love that. I think that's directly from the original, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is when Dennis Quaid's just like, well, should we talk about what happened? <laughs> In a way that makes me look blameless, if you don't mind. <laughs> they really have to walk a fine line between adding some emotion and kind of regret to the the way their their relationship ended, while not calling too much attention to the fact that it's completely insane that they just like each picked a daughter and like just split up and never talked to each other again. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just like, wow, this all ended so fast, and she's like, well, it kind of started so fast too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, huh, huh. Uh, meanwhile, Martin Chessie are watching. They're enjoying how it's heating up. They're ready to serve that dinner. They're going to split the duties. Martin is going to ladle. Yeah, he is. And Chessie's going to serve. Um, I mean, they have they have like this moment of like incredible heat in the hallway as they're like rubbing against each other and trying to move places. I mean, they are making facial expressions like "Oops, I'm accidentally inside of you." Well, Chessie's like serving the dinner as they're discussing like what to do with the kids and like, well, I could keep them both for a year. And she's just like, mm mm, you know, I'm just like, oh, sorry, yeah. never mind. I'm going away. Yeah. Or uh, like you can have them. Yeah, you can have them for a year and I'll get them for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, the only thing more cruel would be what they already have done to these girls. <laughs> and if you think about too their breakup, right? So, you said that he's supposed to be 34 in this movie? 34 or 35, Nick? yeah. Mm-hmm. So then if she's 11, they had them when they were 23? Mm-hmm. According to the, so like, the guess, documentation, yeah. It was like, they were like 23 yeah. and 24. So I guess if you think about an irrational breakup, like that doesn't seem surprising at 23, right? Mm-hmm. If you like got married and had kids and yeah, oh God. I think it's the thing that movies always do where the parents are always 10 years older than they should be. Like or at least the casting of them is. Like in the Harry Potter movies where like Harry's parents all look like they're 35 for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, but the logistics though, the way she describes the leaving, I mean, that she just go into the nursery and eeny, meeny, miny, mo, one of the babies scoop it up (laughs) and just like storm out. And then this, this Dumbo doesn't even think to like, this is the classic. I go to the airport and I stop her at the gate and then everyone slow claps for me. And if you leave by OMD plays, you know, like, you know you're in a rom-com buddy she wants you to stop her this is the the you know the kind of the false you know uh end of the relationship here where they they discuss it and but it's like it, it doesn't go to like a new romantic place so they're like all right well i guess we'll just have to be nice for the kids and that's the end of that <laughs> and then they're leaving yeah. the next day yeah um but then the girls are gonna have none of that because they've decided that uh They've been ripped off, and so they demand a camping trip, and 
they're not going to reveal who's who unless they get to do this. I would have played this up more. Like this really like fun, have yeah. them like I would have had them like dropping accents and mm-hmm. doing weird things like constantly throughout this. Um but yeah, so also it's it's a real own on your parents though. If you if you could do things as twins or your parents can't actually figure you out. I think Nick takes the brunt of it because Elizabeth, I think like wisely just kind of like doesn't say anything and lets mm-hmm. Nick be the one like, it's you. No, wait, it's you. And she's like, well, I'm not going to like reveal that I may not know. I'll just let you, you know, take the heat on that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, Meredith is furious about this camping trip, but Natasha insists that Meredith goes, goes along. Um, and she's really just fucking with him. And then it's like the, the switcheroo where it's like, Oh no, I didn't mean the five of us. I meant the four of you excluding me. Good luck. Um, Meredith changes into her black leotard and the girls are pissed. And I was I watching this, you know, the other night, I was just like, they're going to straight up murder this woman. Meredith's dressed like she's about to go do some like hot yoga or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, and she's kind of sticking like Natasha kind of sticks with the Meredith. Like, uh, you know, you better get used to these girls because starting next week. Well, they're half yours. <laughs> yeah. She knows what she's doing. Elizabeth definitely <laughs> knows what she's doing right here. And Jesse's like, I would pay big money to see that woman climb a mountain. <laughs> well, you know, Elizabeth just wanted to stay home and get shit faced with Jesse. Mm-hmm. Like oh, that's I... what they, in a whole it left alone to the vineyard. Like they they split up so quickly. She probably didn't get to take full advantage of the vineyard, but she was with Nick. I feel like two hours, two bottles of wine, and some good conversation with Jesse would cure you of any re- remainder like crush on Dennis Quaid. Right? I mean... I would think so. I feel like she's got some stories. And I think Um, Elizabeth must know Nick enough to know that, like, you know what? If they go on a camping trip, it's going to be a disaster. Like, he's going to see that, like, she isn't the the type of person, like, the outdoorsy person he he wants in a relationship, so... Even though he's just like, I'm not dating her because she's Annie Oakley. (laughs) Um, So on the mountain, they're hiking. Meredith needs to stop and rest. I again when the girls pick up a rock at one point I thought they're gonna beat her to death with this rock. Bye bye Meredith. I like the stuff with the lizard. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Going into her mouth is just ew. Yeah, yeah. Um oh, it just, how did she not hear the rocks? Seriously. How do you yeah, how yeah. do you not notice that your bag is just getting increasingly? <laughs> it's heavy? one of those teeny teeny backpacks like it's there's no way you couldn't know that there were i was really wondering like is nick carrying like her tent and sleeping bag as well because like she's just has like the tiniest little backpack that probably like what what does that even have in it like a swimsuit like yeah (laughs) well but here's here's where i don't believe he's this aloof and he's more of a monster because he's just like at one point he's like girls i'm gonna take the lead you two help meredith and meredith is like sure you'll help me help me right over a cliff you'll help me and it's like you know that this is going to be this. Like you're just creating further competition. Nick. I think he has already at least subconsciously lost interest in Meredith a little bit. Mm. Like he's already kind of back thinking about Elizabeth. And so mm. he's just not going to worry too much. Like, oh, my daughter's being horrible to my fiance. Oh, well, it's it's her fault. <laughs> you would think then that this would sound like a nightmarish prospect then mm-hmm. to spend like two nights in a tent with her. Well, they're in um, separate tents, aren't they? No, I think I thought that was they Nick in dragged, the same one. I thought they just dragged him out of the tent they were both sleeping in. I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Hmm. Um, 
but yeah, how does she not suspect something's wrong with her bag? Um, yeah. trucking a bunch of rocks around, and then the uh, <laughs> mosquito repellent is just sugar and water. Well, also, wouldn't the lizard have been the ending of the camping trip? That's a good question. I mean, I think they the the other piece that was funny about this is that they like mastered pranks at camp, mm-hmm. right? And it just it comes back in the end. Although this is some of this stuff is pretty rough. The the lizard after she freaks out the first time, then the lizard goes back on her head the second time. Yeesh. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's not like they put the lizard the scare away the mountain lion. It's not like she put, yeah. they put the lizard in her mouth. <laughs> right. Right. That's just a lizard being yeah, she, lizard. She, yeah. She could have just kept her mouth closed and it wouldn't cr- crawl there. Fair. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the most the most uh, time capsule moment of this movie at the campsite, they're listening to how bizarre. Yeah, really. <laughs> I like how she, after she figures out that uh, she's been duped by the whole sticks thing, she kind of takes it in stride and is like, well, well, point to you, 11-year-old girls. I'm going to go make out with your father in front of you like, to score a point back in my favor. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she refuses to eat trout. She'll just wait to whatever they have for breakfast. What are they having for breakfast? Trout. Um, they're like hella rich. Why are they eating with measuring spoons? And also what would you need measuring spoons for on a camping trip? It doesn't seem like all the gear they have, they backpacked in themselves, but seemingly they had to. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a huge camping fan because I don't need to go out into the woods, pretend to be homeless, but like, to me, the, the key is that you just want to boil the shit out of everything, right? I don't do I much imagine. boiling when I go camping, but... Don't you need to boil stuff to, like, purify it or whatever? Uh, what are you purifying? Well, like, the water and everything? I mean, you could bring water. Or, okay. or I mean, there's campgrounds where they have water, like running water. Okay. I mean, like one of those little fancy rich boys yeah. when you go camping, huh? Mm-hmm. Go camping in your little... Uh, I'm not, I'm not into the suite. whole, like... Like you backpack into the middle of nowhere and like dig a toilet. Like I'm not into that kind of camping. Because <laughs> you're just asking for a I'm bear to sure what you. The point of that kind of camping is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, he he chides them with the whole Annie Oakley line, but he's really not that upset that his children are brutalizing and psychologically torturing. No, because he's, he's checked out. He's just kind of like let the chips fall where they may now. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I have a real Darwinian view upon dating. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, these girls are used to doing their their shenanigans on no sleep. They, like, sneak out. That's when they drag her out of the uh, tent and put her afloat. They didn't know that she could swim or not, right? Like... No, they have no idea. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't think they're even thinking about that. They're like, she's an adult. She'll be fine. Yeah. If she falls uh... into the water, she'll wake up. Yeah, so she she wakes up with like a bird landing on her on her chest. She screams for her. Well, she's doing the whole like, ooh, that's nice. More of that, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Which I was like, this is a Disney movie. What the hell is this bird Mm -hmm. doing to her chest? Um, Makes the mistake of trying to stand up on this air mattress. That honestly is on her. That's the one thing. Like, I want to, I want to defend her here, but like, why are you standing up? I love that she kicks the, uh, the the kettle of water as she's, you know, all soaking wet, marching back up to the campsite, and just kicks this thing, and keeps going. It's a great, like, one long, you know, one take shot there. Yeah, yeah. So she's just, you know, like, once we're married, I'm shipping these brats off to Switzerland. It's me or them. Take your pick. And he's like them, and she, he like repeats it like them. Do you get it? T h e m. And it's like, I don't know, man, like maybe for, maybe it's just me, but like all the points that he should have gotten are not, not there. That, that bank account is empty. 
yeah, it's you don't really get a whole lot of credit for it now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess that's the end of the camping trip. They destroyed a woman. Mm-hmm. Which imagine the the hike back. Well, dad's like, just where, dumped her. Where did does she just like peace out on her own? Like, where does she go? They're like, well, she'll find her way back, maybe. <laughs> now, it'd be great if, like, uh, after credits sequence, it's just like a news report. Like, uh, after a three week intensive search of the woods, they finally found the body of Meredith Blake, <laughs> local PR executive. <laughs> well, he says, uh, What's going on, buddy? to her, like, oh, <laughs> she's had enough at that point. Yeah. Um, so the girls are like in trouble and they get back, you know, Meredith's gone. Um, Dennis Quaid is pissed, but not really. Cause he knows this was Natasha's plan all the time. Um, yeah, he's not too broken uh, he, up about it. Yeah. Go ahead. He points out that Meredith threw the wedding ring at him, which oh, we, we, did we skip over that? Uh, Natasha threw the hairdryer at him when she stormed out. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing where I'm like, I don't know, throwing stuff that might be hard to come back I, I know movies raised us to believe that like in the 80s and 90s especially that was a normal part of an adult fight <laughs> good point like throwing like your every, throwing a glass at the fireplace that kind of thing yeah yeah but like for like I mean like there were probably like 10 Denzel movies in a row where he just pushes everything off of a table <laughs> which man I've like, the two times in my life where I've been so angry where I wanted to do that that part of me that doesn't want to clean that up later has stopped me um. Uh, yeah. So they're they're they send the girls up to their room, and Dennis Quaid's just like, "I'll need to thank them one day." Um. And then you know, where's Chessie and Natasha's like, "Well, she and Martin went off for a picnic around noon yesterday." And he's like, "Who would have thought? My nanny and your butler." Which I think would be easier. They can consolidate that household. I mean. They never really figure out like where they're going to live. I think that comes up right at the end of the movie, but are they going to live in Napa? Or are they going to live in England? Are they just going to be like bicontinental? I don't know if he can grow wine in England or grow the grapes for wine. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, they have to come from the, the Quaid region of France <laughs> to, uh, to really ferment. Um, yeah, so he also offers to make dinner because he knows how to make one ex- exactly one thing, pasta. Some 34-year-old man. <laughs> he can boil some water. <laughs> oh, God. Also, viticulturist. Mm-hmm. All I can do is boil water. Um, so like they, they run to the girls later who are like playing poker in their bed with the dog, which is, you know, cute. Um Takes Natasha down to the cellar, which is all candlelit. He's like showing off his wine collection. I mean, he's this is he's making a move, right? You're not, you're well, not he, coming down. He to leads your, her to the special bottle for a reason, I think. Yeah, he's got like D-Day wine. He's got wine that was served at his parents' wedding. I he's just, got the wine they drink at the wedding. Just be like, like Nick, it's okay. I'm already rich. You don't need to impress me. Yeah. Or if she was just like, yeah, I don't drink anymore. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he went and bought every single bottle of wine ever that was the kind sold at their wedding or served at their wedding. Um, she's like touched by that. And he's like, well, you're the only person I would drink this with. And it's like, really? Well, it's like the second moment now where it's like, oh, are they about to have the big romantic moment? But then no, she pulls back and kind of has to shake her head. Perfectly lit in like the uh, the shadows there. 
And I, I kind of did like a Lucille Bluff, like good for her. <laughs> but he's, uh, he's yeah. learned his lesson now. So after everyone takes off, uh, he's going to figure it out and take the Concord back when the Concord still existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're rich, rich. We can take the Concord. <laughs> Yeah, so they go back to London with all of its statues. Annie's like crying in the back. Yeah, Natasha sees this. They get home. I mean, nice setup though, where Natasha goes to check on grandfather. Like, there's the the newspaper in the study, just like we met him. And then, you know, the classic. I think like you saw you saw this a lot in movies, like this trope that or the chair thing of Chessie earlier, where the newspaper lowers and boom, it's Hallie. Um, It is pretty funny. One of the headlines on the Financial Times there is about alien apple like uh, doing something with microsoft hmm. but a long time since then and then yeah boom Allie's here they took to concord big romantic moment i don't know it's it's an interesting romance because it's like i, I don't know i feel like the romance is always somewhat chass because the daughters are here the whole time mm-hmm. and so it's not maybe the same type of type of romance you get without the daughters around like knocking things off furniture just, like setting know, her on like, top of something as i go at it or quite what? as much passion i guess you know it's like mm. parental romance also it's dennis Quinn. Mm-hmm. um yeah the two girls high five and they're just like well that was a successful parent trap <laughs> um and then i feel like everlasting love is played in every nancy myers movie yeah we get all uh, the shots from the wedding there the, the second wedding Including um, Martin and his ascot proposing to Jesse. It's a faux pas. You're not supposed Is to do it? that at a wedding. Yeah. You're mm. Taking the attention away from the, the bride and groom. It's their second wedding. Mm. They'll be fine. They've already got kids. And then it's credits. Fun movie. Yeah. All right. Well, any complaints? Um, well, my complaint is that I think that Meredith was a villain for no reason. I think that's Mm -hmm. where I've come down. I feel like they, they wanted a villain. And so they just made her immediately evil. And that piece to me, there, there wasn't enough that happened against Meredith to warrant Meredith immediately being this villain back towards the girls, you know? And I think we always talk about this trope that young women are going after a rich man for nefarious reasons and not that just he's she thinks that he's you know successful and hot and 10 years older than her and we automatically as a society blame her whereas like if you see you know older men preying on younger women they sort of are like oh the Hugh Hefners of the world like look at them they can get all the young girls you know but it's because she's the one making the move she's this like siren evil sort of vixen and it just it now, as a 31-year-old, it bothers me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I don't know. I did feel like in places it felt like it dragged a little, like particularly like the hotel and then the like the boat, like, you know, dinner sequence. It just felt a little long to me there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the things that I, like, I complain about are the things that the movie kind of needed to do because it's a kid's movie, like... I hated how long it took the girls even to start to think they might be twins. I mean, of course, that's you've got to get there with them. That like, uh, I hated the parents' plan in general to each take a kid and never talk again. Of course, that's the whole movie. Um, I like that Hallie can rudimentarily at least identify certain wines. I expected like more of that. I, I wanted more of 
Dennis Quaid, the viticulturist who translates into owning a winery. Whereas we, especially since we see Natasha like being so good at her job. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, all my complaints are minor besides like the merit of stuff, like you said. All right. Well, if you could make one change to this movie, what would it be? I think I would have, if they're going to do this turn with Meredith of her being really spiteful towards the girls, that they let that burn a little bit and really make the lean into the like, oh, I want her, I want to ship them off to boarding school. Have that happen, that attitude shift happen later so that there's more sort of foundation for her being like, oh, well, I tried and this is what they gave me back. So now I'm, I'm sort of lashing back as opposed to her being the, like the, the antagonist really mm-hmm. and I, I think that that maybe going a little slower and having a bit more sort of foundation before she makes that formal statement about her feelings about the girls i think that that would be my my change mm. um yeah i mean springing off that i just think the movie sets up a lot of things that it doesn't really need to do because it doesn't use them like you know her, the, the girls having friends at camp that they don't really do anything with like tie-dye um, the the assistant to Meredith who you would have thought I was trying to think of the details of like Tommy boy and it's like whoever the villain in that like they had like a weird assistant who was like very involved um, and it just seemed like that guy was going to be around more helping Meredith with things um, the other thing I would always add because I just love this stuff is just more of the plan the logistics the the briefing each other on their lives. I, I love that shit. James? Um, I would have wanted to maybe cut down on like the hotel sequence a little bit to just expand the camping a little more. Because like, there's some of the stuff they set up, or, or I guess they should say they don't set it up, like the um, the sticks with the mountain lions. That's like in the original, they, they actually have them telling, you know, the uh, the evil Vicky woman about the, the sticks. Whereas here it's like, I almost feel like it's like it's there for people who've seen the original, but they don't really set it up at all. So I wouldn't have minded a little bit more of the camping sequence because it was a lot of fun. Hmm. All right. Cool. Well, it's time for our power rankings. I have 10. I also have. I have 11. I'll go first. My 11 is Dennis Quaid as Nick Parker. Wow. Okay. That's right. I can't argue with it. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. uh, He's the villain of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Just like just like Byron Montgomery is the villain of PLL. (laughs) Megan, what's your number ten? My number ten is the collective Marvas as one person. That is exactly who I have at number ten. Yeah, the Marvas. Yeah, just funny. Not so much that they're bad or anything. They're just you know not much of an impact on the movie. Yeah, I have them at ten as well. Maybe a little neglectful. I uh, yeah, I had them as ten as well. I feel like maybe this is the last year in which they run this camp, <laughs> or they run it in this fashion. Like maybe they're like, "Hey, we need to hire somebody." I mean, I, I figure you have to pay to go to that camp. Maybe they're just making a ton of money because they don't have any other staff there. Yeah, very low overhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's see, Megan, what's your nine? Uh, Mr. Dodo head himself, Mr. Nick Parker. <laughs> I have, uh, yeah, just, oh no, just, just groaning in distaste. That's, that's worth pointing out. I've got the grandfather at number nine. Uh, nice guy, but not a whole lot there. I have Meredith's parents at number nine. Mm. They're just, 
villainous old people. Like they're, I feel like they're in their short time, they are played more accurately villainous than Meredith is. Yeah. Just because they seem so eager to go along with it. Yeah. 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 They're just like, we understand daughter that you're only in this for the money and we encourage oh, I, that. I just, I just got this vibe or just like <laughs> little girls, we're going to feed you things that turn you into, I don't know, whatever witches eat and the witches. Yeah. All right, number eight. What do you got, Megan? Uh, I have uh, the good old faithful Sammy the dog at number eight. Mm. Sammy fucking knows. Mm-hmm. He did not make my list. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be controversial, I'm sure. But I have uh, okay. Martin at number eight. Sorry, Martin. Oh. He just doesn't do it for me. Bullet to my heart. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to take a moment. He just seems like a big dork. <laughs> That's the beauty of Martin. Mm-hmm. Yep. I feel like my list will be super controversial later. Uh, uh, I have uh, tie dye at number eight. Mm, okay. She's, you know, that's that's her kind of woman. She's good at the duffel bag. <laughs> I just cracked up. I don't know why her line reading of like, I don't think that's going to be possible, babe. Just cracked me up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, number seven, what do you got, Megan? Uh, I have the grandfather specifically because he just reminded me of Paddington Bear. Because <laughs> yep. they live in Paddington's house, right? Yeah, exactly. Like I could see grandfather riding the bathtub down the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> Eating a marmalade sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Seven James? I have Nick Parker at number seven. Hmm. He's just pretty bland. Hmm. Hmm. Kind of dumb. At seven, I have Sammy the dog. Um, the dog shows up at the hotel. It just cracks me up. <laughs> there, I love that Jesse's just like, that's right, bitch. I brought the dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's everyone's six? I have Meredith Blake at number six. Mm. I think just if there had been a little bit more of sort of what I was talking about with my change, like of her not just being sort of evil for no reason. I, I think I would have had her a little higher, but she definitely, I, it definitely changed my perception watching her as an adult now versus watching her at nine years old. Cause at nine years old, you're like, how dare you be blocking this relationship from happening? And you just don't think about the bigger things. She just, you just immediately hate. And I think she, I, I, I definitely don't hate her. I, I'm, I like her a lot more this time. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, ultimately this will be a good thing for her. I don't think she was going to be happy with Nick Parker. No. The only thing, I mean, I hate to say the only thing she would have to look forward to is, you know, getting half. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Or all of it. Ooh, Mm -hmm. I'm not coming back for half, asshole. (laughs) Uh, I've got Chessie at number six. Damn. She's fine. Seems like a a good-hearted person who's probably holding everything together for Nick there. I'm not even sure how he runs a winery. Mm. Yeah. Um, at six, I have grandfather um, because I don't know. He just seems sweet. I mean, he's, he's, I, I'm surprised by the touch of him just being outside the uh, phone booth. Like he's the one who went after her. Cause he's like, huh? And he's acting really peculiar. She said woozy. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and then she's just like, oh, okay. So you're my other granddaughter. That's cool. That's a lot for me to process. You should tell your mom. I don't know. It just seems like his actions just seem so much more supportive. Also, writing that big check for that yacht. Good for him. Yeah. All right. Number five, Megan. Uh, I have everybody's favorite butler, Martin. <laughs> so great. I just, I, I love him. I think he's just lovable brother. That's what he is. He's great. Mm. James? So I put uh, Nancy Myers at number five. It's her directorial debut. She's uh, kind of a legend in the romantic comedy genre. Give mm. her some credit. Mm-hmm. She would divorce her I, husband a year after making this movie, but oh well. Does in your minds, do you remember what the poster of It's Complicated look like? Looks like no. I feel like it's with, probably uh, like white with like two, two actors got, on it. Like Alec Baldwin, Meryl and, and, Meryl and Alec mm-hmm. are on are in like in, laying on their backs in bed, and he's got this big goofy grin. And I'll never forget, like back when Tumblr first started, somebody had photoshopped that poster and changed the title of the movie to "It's a Dutch Oven," <laughs> and that has been stuck in my memory forever. <laughs> All right. Because the way he's just like so ecstatic and like spreading his arms out. Uh, number five, I almost, you're going to hate me. I almost put Elizabeth James at number five. Mm. Okay. But I, I didn't want the, the torches and pitchforks coming to my house. So this is where I put Meredith Blake. Hmm. That's fine. Yeah. For all the reasons that, you know, like, like Megan, you have pointed out. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what do you got for number four, Megan? Uh, number four, I have Elizabeth James. I think she is just the epitome of class and she's everything that, you know, if you imagine up like a, if you're a child that doesn't have a mother and you, or know who your mother is, obviously you have a mother, but d- doesn't know who your mother is. And you imagine this, this glamorous woman who designs wedding gowns. Like it's just, it's picture perfect. And she, and uh, Natasha Richardson is just that picture perfect character. She's, she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have her at number four as well. Uh, for every all the reasons you just said, she just seems like the the perfect mother to discover that you you had and never knew about. I have her there as well for you know take what you both did and raise it, but also because I found the way that she just like falls apart in places to be very realistic and endearing. You know, like she is perfect, but also she's also still very human. Um, in a way that I I don't know I really enjoyed. And it made me hate Nick Parker even more. (laughs) All right. We're at number three. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three, I have Chessie, the ride or die BFF that everybody wants. Mm -hmm. She's, she's a bad bitch. She's always there for you. She's got your back. She just finds out that you're a twin. She hasn't seen in 10 years, but immediately she's like, Nope, I'm going to keep this a secret from this idiot. She's just, yeah, she's always there for, for both of them. And, and I just really have always found her to be an endearing character. Very fair. I have Hallie at number three. Okay. So you split them up. Okay. I did. Yeah. Of course. Okay. What do you have? Uh, I have Chessie at three as well. Um, she's great. Like I, I don't know. So she's one of those, like I said, I love all the secondary characters in this movie. Um, I would 100% be on board for the Disney Plus show about Jesse and Martin. Um, she's just great. Yeah, she's just, I don't know. She's like the, the adult that I wish I had in my life growing up. You know, 
I would say everyone's two. Number two, I have Hallie. And I think she embodied, because I think I relate more to Annie. And I think that I always wanted to have more of what Hallie had, if that makes sense. Some mm. of the, the the sass and the, you know, willing to say whatever's on her mind. I, I think I grew into that a lot more. But at, if I imagine myself back at nine years old, I really looked at her to be this, like, I wish I could be more like that. Just LOL that Annie actually at one point says, because I have class and you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I have Annie at two because I just feel like uh, Hallie was kind of doing her dirty by like pretending to like and, you know, having static on the call and ending the call. So I think Annie gets the uh, the the higher ranking because of that. And, you know, she's British. She ha- she breaks down in French when she's losing her mind. It's all pretty good stuff. Hmm. So my number two was my number one for a long time, but it's Martin. Um I I think this character is so dorky and cool. Um, and like, what a great introduction. Just the the queen of my heart and the ridiculous dance. Um, I don't know. It makes me kind of wish I'd seen this movie when it first came out. Um, yeah. All right. Number one, everyone. Number one. Bum, bum, bum. Number one, Madam Annie. <laughs> I, I just felt like uh, she was always the brains of the operation. Because even when they decided, you know, that Hallie suggested that they switch places, Annie was the one who took it a step further to say, but, and if we do that, we could bring mom and dad back together, right? Like Hallie was, was the, I don't want to say selfish, but like a little selfish of, mm-hmm. I want to go and I want to experience mom. I, I don't give a fuck about you or you want to do, but I want to go and experience my mother. So mm-hmm. then Annie takes a step further and says, oh, but if you think about it, if you really put all the pieces together, what we could do is the parent trap, right? And so I think that that she's always like a little bit of a step ahead and, uh, yeah, I just, I always saw a lot of my characteristics in parts of her. Mm. And I think we can, we're all going to agree on who's T and who's D, right? Oh, um, we can save that the conversation for a little later, I suppose. Mm. Uh, my number one, in case you couldn't guess, is Meredith, who did nothing wrong. And uh, <laughs> whose only sin is uh, uh, going after a guy who uh, has a lot of family issues they never really told her about. But also that she didn't ask about, which I think is a problem. We don't know that. I mean, so that's a much different story, though, if she did ask and he's just like, oh, you know. Oh, he's just like, oh, this is Hallie. You're going to love her. Mm -hmm. So lies of omission. Is Mm -hmm. that Nick Parker's move? Yeah. (laughs) Um, My number one is Lindsay Lohan. Um, Holy shit. Like, talk about your, your Twitter meme of how it started and how it's going. Like now she's running a hotel and she's trying to steal children from people because she thinks that they're being trafficked or whatever. It's like, it's not, it's not funny what society has done to Lindsay Lohan, but holy crap, she's incredible in this movie. And she carries it so effortlessly. Um, like you said, Megan, she's, she's playing four parts essentially. And she's doing wonderful. I would have loved to see this as a TV show at the time and just like spend a lot of years with these characters. And a lot of that starts with her. That reminds me of the, uh, I don't know, perhaps a modern day equivalent of Lindsay Lohan. Bella Thorne has a movie coming out where she's supposedly like really good in it, even though it's just like some trash genre movie. So the circle continues. Is it being funded by her OnlyFans <laughs> take? It's, it's called like Girl or something. I think that's the name of it. And she has like a hatchet. It's like some sort of weird revenge movie. Huh. But she's getting huh. rave reviews. 
anyway, and that was the Parent Trap 1998 version. Uh, thank you so much, Megan, for picking that for us. It's a fun little trip down memory lane there. I'd only seen it once before. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was great. It was fun to talk about all the nuances now, you know, 20 years after seeing it for the first time. Well, like I said, the way it hits so much differently. Um, yeah. And uh, so, James, where can people find you when they want to kill you for your Meredith Blake takes? <laughs> you know, I, I feel like it's been split as far as Twitter goes, uh, as far as uh, whether or not they support Meredith or not. <laughs> the, two, the two responses we've seen so mm-hmm. far. <laughs> uh yeah you warn you warn people so yeah at james taylor 21 um also want to say thank you to everyone who uh, participated in the contest i think we might draw one more name and we're definitely going to do another contest uh, later in the year so keep your eyes peeled for that mm-hmm. uh, megan where can we find you find me where are you gonna find me no, i'm just kidding <laughs> um i'm i am on twitter at meg Falano. okay and marco I'm on Twitter. You can find me. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. you probably already know if you've got this podcast here. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we are going to talk a little bit about the uh, the reason for the podcast, the book, Trouble All Signs Me, and its predecessor. My name is Trouble. We're going to talk some spoilers. So if you have not read those books, you may want to check out now because uh, I think it it's better to read them without knowing the, the twists. So what does the spoiler horn sound like? Uh, I think it's like a foghorn. Oh, really? I think that's the sound effect I use, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, blow the horn and uh, let's get into it. All right. So um, I, I'm surprised that we made it all the way through discussing the parent trap. Pretty much uh, on, able to avoid any any potential references there. But I'm sure that there, there are some thoughts there given the fact that it's a movie about twins. Yeah. Uh, As soon as they were talking about the lockets and stuff, I was like, Oh God, this is, this feels so right. This was, this was good. This was, yeah. I think the lockets were probably the most overt reference uh, in trouble signs me to the parent trap, which I'd seen this movie like in the middle of, of writing the first trouble. So it was on my mind. I mean, you know, we had the concept of, danger before that but it's it's hard to ignore some of the aspects there the twins pretending to be each other that kind of thing so hallie is trouble and annie is danger right yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. definitely if for no other reason that the jenny is the more selfish one yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i have in my notes in all caps decapitation <laughs> That was that was something, man. I yeah, I la- I laughed out loud. I was like, I shouldn't be laughing out loud about <laughs> this, but I just you just think of Noel Khan's head rolling down the stairs, and you just can't help yourself. I think you're but... the second person who's mentioned <laughs> Noel Khan in relation to that. How could you not? I guess so. Yeah. yeah. Kaching. Yeah. yeah. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> Kills me. That's um, not how you get ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I think what what something that stood out to me reading it was before you find out about Campbell at the end, right? There's the scene where Campbell's talking about her daughter and how she is worried about forgetting her voice and what she sounds like and her memories. And that it, it like hit me really hard. You know, my my mom died when I was in my freshman year of, of college. And I there are things that you think about about loss 
and you don't have a way to articulate them. And it just so beautifully articulated. I mean, it was all, you know, BS at the end, but it, in that moment, you, it just, it was articulated so beautifully and really, really resonated with me. That's, that's cool to hear. Um, I think the, the magic trick I'm trying to pull off with Campbell is to always associate her any anything suspicious about her is something very emotional and also related to um eliza's own kind of under the surface grief about nurse bennett so hopefully uh not you know throw throw people off the scent so that they're not uh thinking about the other explanation for things also eliza needs a hero the same way jenny has rj um and it's like ultimately both of their heroes are they don't live up, which I think is interesting. So Campbell doesn't yeah. live up a little bit more. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. perhaps. Um, until we get screwed and somebody casts Dennis Quaid as RJ. Oh, oh God, uh, no. He's way too old now. Have either of you guys seen Dexter? Uh, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah not the whole thing, but I've seen so like the... five seasons. Oh, okay, so then you would have seen the season with Lila. Yeah, the season two, right? The Yeah, yeah. she... I got I got Lila vibes from Campbell, definitely. And I was listening back because I was trying to after I reread the first book, I was listening back to some of the old podcasts from it would have been what over a year ago or whatever now. Mm -hmm. And you guys were talking about how you weren't trying to make Alicia Aaron have Jenna thing vibes. And then I read the second book and I was like, oh my God, she's the Jenna thing. I felt like I not not literally, but I, I felt it. This in the second book, I was like, oh, she's lurking. Like it just, it was so good. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I suppose it's just the the shadiness of the character. I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't want to just lump them together, but um, I think Alicia confuses Jenny because yeah. she's, Jenny doesn't know what to make of her. And uh, Alicia's clearly playing the game and invested in it. And so she just deeply, deeply mistrusts her. Um, also, it's it's unavoidable to a certain degree just because, I mean, I think you can tell the genesis for Tori. Like, I think it's pretty clear. Well, that's Melissa yeah. Hastings with a drinking yeah. problem. It's an, there's an idea that it was the origination of Tori. So, I mean, it's like there's certain things with the show. I mean, I think we talked about the origin of Trouble, but a lot of it, I'm always fascinated that the, the one review on Amazon was just like, this is straight... Um, plagiarism and it was like wait what <laughs> what <laughs> i don't dwell on our one negative review that's fine no, yeah i wouldn't either but i mean I, th- I think inspirations are are worn on their sleeve yeah i do have a question for you guys sure. how how was the process as you were so we talked about this a little bit with parent trap of wishing there was more of the piece where they were filling each other in on their lives and so you see them constantly trouble and danger constantly talking about oh shit, like this must've happened and she didn't tell me about it. So now I'm like screwed. Cause she like, was that hard to keep track of while you were writing? <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know the, the struggles have, especially in the first drafts, it's like, how much do you need to show your work? How much do you need to show? Oh no, we thought of all this, you know, and here's all the explanations and here's how they did it versus like, can you cut some of that out and the kind of skip past it and kind of give the reader the impression of what's going on without actually spelling everything out for them, you know? So hopefully it's clear without feeling repetitive, you know, cause that, that's always a danger. I think if you have two characters basically discussing the events that just happened together, it can be like, Oh, we just, 
just read about this now. Why do we have to read about it again, basically? Without cheating them too. Mm-hmm. Cause that's, that's, that's always a risk with everything that's being done there. Um, anytime you do a twist, you know, there's always the word that somebody will feel cheated. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think that was part of the fun of book two, you know, the, we wanted to get to the part where we could show how they were doing it, you know, a little and like what their process was and, and kind of the, the behind the scenes that we couldn't show in book one. Um, so I think that was definitely a, a big motivation for book two is um, to, just to get to book two. So we can do that part of the story. Yeah. Every time Jenny made her go to school and she didn't want to <laughs> do something, that was like major Hallie vibes. Like, <laughs> God. Yeah. It seems like in general, people are uh, a little disappointed in Jenny in this book, but it's, you know, it's part of her growth process. I think. They're also in high school. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, I think there's still that piece of they act a lot older than high schoolers, but they at the end of the day are still teens and teens still do shitty things (laughs) and make shitty decisions. I think Jenny acts exactly like she's going to act. I mean, I I, it's like realistically, I don't know what else people expected. She's not going to be perfect. Of course not. Yeah. I mean, it's it's also in her name. (laughs) So I have to ask, like, while you were reading it, like, did uh, Campbell ever pop up on your radar? Or? I'm going to be honest. No, not at all. No, not at all. Not even a little. I think I was I was just so suckered into her being, I mean, it did exactly what mm-hmm. you intended, but it was the, you know, the grieving mother. And I was like, oh, shit. Like this, yikes. And yeah, just, yeah, it, I totally did not see it coming. Which I find fascinating only because there's almost too much of Campbell. You know what I mean? Like she has too many details. Um, I think in the previous version, there was much more leaning on Calderon. Yeah, there was in in an earlier draft, Calderon was more of a, uh, like a red herring. And there's like a whole thing between him and Tori, but it just, I don't know, it didn't really work. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I agree with what you said at the end. COVID vaccine, Europe, baby, going on a vacay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really thought a lot, like we could just put a line in somewhere about like, Oh, grandparents got delayed overseas because they had to quarantine or, you know, there's like, wait, cause technically the, the book takes place. If you're really paying close attention, like early this year, it would be taking place in like February, you know, January, February, 2020. So you could say it was before COVID and, and we could make it happen in our full reality. But uh, I just don't really want to, you know, like, I don't think anyone wants no. to read a book about like, oh, we can't do anything this summer because of the, of the virus. We're all stuck quarantining. That's not fun. That's not, a, you know, so. I know my one, I'm, I'm a prestige TV junkie, mm-hmm. but my one weakness is I still watch all the NCISs <laughs> and they just came back with masks and COVID. And I just like, I didn't need any of this. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you just, we don't need to relive this anymore. Like nobody wants to, like Jenny wants to go to Europe for her vacation. She's not going to, you know, have a whole story about how she couldn't go to Europe because of the virus. Right. I feel like that's a, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I feel like that's a universal thing I'm seeing of people where they're not enjoying their TV shows, acknowledging the world we live in currently. Because um, like I said, I watched a little bit of this show, Big Sky, and there's two throwaway lines about COVID. 
like, oh, because of COVID, this happened. Because of COVID, that happened. Nobody's wearing a mask in that show. Like, it, there's no, there's no, there's a lot of people in the same room. And I thought it was like, why would you even squeeze that in? Like, why did yeah. you respond to that guilt of the of the moment or whatever? And I don't think that's my motivation for TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think some to some extent. I mean, if I want to see something real, like I I love watching documentaries, and I think that's a great place to really flush out how things happened. But you know. Even to this day, like there's some document, like I know they did one on, um, uh, on the Boston Marathon. All oh, right, yeah, right. And I, I live in the Boston area, and I just won't watch. Like I just can't watch it. Mm-hmm. It's too, too real to mm-hmm. where I've, you know, born and raised. And yeah, just I don't, I don't need the COVID talk. I just, I'm over the COVID talk. Well, like they made that United '93 movie, and I just have no desire to ever see the movie. Like I don't. It's like. Sorry, you know, no disrespect to the people on that flight, but it just doesn't seem like a fun thing to relive. Didn't they do? Didn't Clint Eastwood do some movie a few years ago where there was uh, some about Sully movie? Well, no, he did. Uh, that was was that Clint Eastwood? I think so. Yeah. Um, but like he did some movie about some terrorist attack in France, and they like he cast the actual people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, I saw that. I didn't train, see it, but I saw yeah. about it. That just feels so fucking weird to me. Oh, when they thwarted the terrorists on the train, yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yikes. Yeah. I, to me, that almost seems like it makes it less authentic in a way. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I if we really wanted to, we could put in something. Because obviously in book three, Jenny's going to be uh, on vacation over the summer. Um, we could do something where it's like, oh, yeah, they just quarantined for two weeks. And then they went to this castle in Europe. But why even, why even bother? There wasn't there at one point there was some anti-Trump stuff in the book as well. It was like... Mm, I don't know if there's... Didn't uh, Shelly had a little... Shelly had a little rant about how dangerous it is in the country at the moment. Um, I think keeping it mostly timeless. I mean, it's it's yeah. somewhat timely, but you can. You but know, a lot of people miss adjust, the actual yeah. markers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I, and I think that's a okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. again, I I had a freak out when they're on the cruise ship at the beginning of this movie for just a moment. <laughs> I'm just like, you can't be on a cruise ship. Well, that was like one of the first things we heard about, right? Was the was a cruise ship? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's the first thing on everybody's mind, man. Well, especially at camp. The camp's done. Yeah. Camp Walden's not happening. Nope. Nope. It is definitely not. Especially not with two adults and all those kids <laughs> in such close proximity to one another. Everyone's okay. in their own isolation cabin. Yeah, and they were just all good. Yeah. Uh, so we always like to, we always like to ask Megan uh, right now, just going on the information he has so far. If he had to guess who the uh, the stranger was, who do you think? Oh, so I have a semi joking but a little serious, and then a semi serious but a little joking. Mm-hmm. I guess so. My a little serious but mostly joking, but I think could possibly. I don't know. I. See, this is the thing. There's, I think I need to reread it. Here, here's, here's what I think I need to reread because I see from Danger's perspective that she feels that she has missed out on so much. She talks about how she missed out on her life. She missed out on, you know, knowing her sister. She was didn't know her own last name. I don't know. I, I don't think that necessarily. I'd have to reread it to find out if the timing works. But I. I don't know. She, she, I was a little suspicious, like just a little. Mm. Um, yeah, it always reminded me of like the Aria is a theories. <laughs> I got a little like, 
a little sneaky from her. Mildly interesting. Um, oh, I yeah, you guys ball move fans. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I, I think that the well, so then when there was this, they were sus- suspicious of the brother, right? Of of Jack. Mm-hmm. I'm still not over that. I'm still suspicious. Hmm. I I'm not ready to let it go. Also mildly interesting. <laughs> Good. Jack's a fun character to write. I, I enjoy making him like as vain as possible. Yeah. He's good. I'm always amazed when people are like closer than I expected and also farther away than I expected. I yeah. Know. I think I need a second read. And I also just finished this morning. So <laughs> I need a little, I need to marinate on it a little more and read it again slower. This is, I'm always guilty of doing the the fast first read to see what happens, then go back. I remember doing that with Harry Potter and all those books, you know, I just got to know and trap myself in a room for days. And then I'm like, Oh, I need a breath and need to reread and get the details, which are there for a reason. Sometimes you miss them when you're speed reading. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about Eliza becoming like more of a, a presence and a character in this one? I really love her. I, I honestly, I really love her. I love that her name is Eliza and not like Beth or like any of like the terrible Elizabeth nicknames. Like Eliza's like cool. That was my first sort of reaction to it. I think she probably went by that because she thought it was cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely Eliza's, Eliza's are cool people. I've never met an uncool Eliza. It's true. Yeah, she's, I really, and I enjoyed the, like we were talking about before, the dynamic of, well, you have to be here because I was there. And what did you tell so-and-so? And, you know, they told me this and not you. Like in some cases, it was just funny. And in some cases you're horrified. You're like, oh God, like that's going to be, that's going to cause some problem for you later on. So it was like a good mix of funny coincidences and like coincidences that had stakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like kind of it's like sooner or later this is going to come crashing down. You know, they're they're like little slip ups here and there, and it's, you're just wondering who's going to find out. And it turns out it was Mason. Right. Would it have been better if she was British, though. <laughs> <laughs> She'd have the, to be Alex Drake. The, the problem to. is, in a book, you really can't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all like phonetic and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of British slang. Oh. <laughs> uh, awesome. Uh, well, any other thoughts on Troll before we wrap it up? I think that was the end. Of, just my notes end again with decapitation exclamation mark. So that, was, <laughs> that really just got me so good. I was like dying. My husband's looking at me like, what are you laughing about? You psycho. I almost feel like it was a little bit of a... A misdirection because it's like there's all this fire associated with Campbell, you know. Like, is she gonna get the uh, yeah. like the bronze poured on her or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah, little Game of Thrones style. Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to come mm-hmm. up with uh, something really gruesome, I guess, for book three. It seems like we've been establishing that so far. We got the geyser, and yeah, it was a hit. Decapitation, all right. Yeah, our proofreader hated the decapitation. Hated oh, really? It. Okay. She hated it because she she hates horror things. She hates like violence to that level. Oh, uh, one one of the weird things that happens to real people that I learned the other day is degloving. Oh, yeah, that's gross. That's gruesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when their skin just yeah you know, comes. Yeah, through. like just the skin comes off of the hand. Yeah. Oh Ooh. no. 
Yeah. Apparently, it's a, a quite common thing in car accidents. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you've made it this far, thanks for letting us gross you out there. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, we are actually, I don't know, we're going to take a week off. Is this Thanksgiving this next week? I think we'll probably take a week off. Uh, well, we have, yeah, we have one. We've got coming one in up two weeks. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll keep uh, this doubling thing going. And then at some point, we'll, we will, I think we're official, right? We're going to draw another name. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pick another name. And um, I don't know, when are we going to do our, our next contest? We want to do a review contest. I'm just not sure when we'll start that. Maybe, maybe we're doing, we can say what we're doing next, right? We're doing the prestige. Yeah, we're doing the prestige. Which, uh, it's uh, it, it works for the uh, the general theme here. Yeah, we could not have planned it better to do the prestige followed by the parent trap. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> um, and then at some point, I don't know if we're going to draw on air or off or whatever, but we will we will draw another name. So surprise! If you entered, we were going to pick two. We're going to pick three. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we'll so. do some sort of contest involving leaving a review. I'm not sure exactly what. But. Yeah stay tuned and uh yeah. yeah thanks for everyone who participated in contests and uh purchased the book or obtained it in some way uh mm. if you liked it thank you please recommend it to your friend mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. all right well again thank you for joining us megan and hope you guys yeah. all have a, a good safe thanksgiving yeah thank you guys so much for having me this is awesome stay at home everyone <laughs> it's not worth it seriously bye bye bye